Hey, it's episode 24 of the TV Junk Podcast, and this is Ahsoka. My name is Greg. Thanks for checking out the podcast. You can follow us on our socials on Twitter or X, whatever you choose. Uh, TV Junk Podcast as well. You can shoot us an email, tvjunkpodcast at gmail.com. If you got uh, questions or comments or any suggestions of uh, shows that you want us to uh, check out. Uh, so we're diving back into the Disney Plus Star Wars Filoni universe once again. And uh, we've got a few people here on the, on the panel today. We've got uh, Nuno. How's it going? Greg, I'm doing well. How are you? Excellent. We got Dax. What's up, Greg? How you doing, buddy? Fabulous. And we've got Sean. Hello. And uh, <laughs> so I, I was looking online just to see some, you know, reviews and uh, from, you know, credible writers and uh, Rotten Tomatoes and all that stuff, just to see what people were saying. And people either loved the show or they hated the show like there wasn't a lot of you know it was okay but it was just i, I one think review i can out. guess what the difference is between those two groups <laughs> one group has probably seen rebels and clone <laughs> wars and the other group hasn't <laughs> well I, I i guess so i mean it was uh um you know these weren't like like fan reviews and stuff like that but uh i but it was just like one after another i'd get you know the re- headline would be like super positive and the next one would be star wars is dead and the next one would be <laughs> sunshine and rainbows and this was disgusting and so it was just uh odd how it was kind of split down the middle but we're here to talk about ahsoka uh eight episodes on disney plus um written completely by dave filoni uh he directed a couple of episodes as well stars uh rosario dawson mary elizabeth winstead ray stevenson david tennant and uh, a couple of uh, surprise uh, actors as we uh, get uh, into the series. But uh, so, uh, Nuno, I know you've watched Rebels. Yep. One of my favorite Star Wars things ever, maybe. So uh, hype meter for this show. Where were you sitting at before you started? Um, I, I always try to be cautiously optimistic. But knowing that Filoni was at the helm, I... I have a chubby baloney for Filoni. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Well, don't, don't, no, 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 that's pod, that's podcasting failure one on one. Do not apologize. No, I, for what you I say. am a huge fan of the Filoniverse. Um, I I think he every time I kind of have Star Wars fatigue or I was kind of bummed out about you know maybe some of the decisions that Disney and Lucasfilm made with the sequel trilogy. He come he, he and Vavro saved the day with Mandalorian and kind of like took a step back, got back to the old original trilogy roots, and uh, did the same thing with I think Rebels and, and with and with the Clone Wars series. When you know the fan the fandom was wavering a bit, he kind of uh, I think he's the rightful heir to the Empire. If if you don't mind the <laughs> uh, the, the, the Thrawn reference, <laughs> I <laughs> think I, I I think Lucas did a good job of handpicking him, which is what I heard is the story is that um, Filoni's first job was actually on another one of my favorite shows. He directed a third of um, Avatar The Last Airbender, season one. And then uh, Lucas handpicked him to create Clone Wars with. And they they co-created Ahsoka together. 
And that was the starting point of that series. So today, Filoni is doing amazing stuff with Star Wars. I think he's obviously the right guy for the job. He makes me excited for Star Wars. And I, I used to be a moderate Star Wars fan with the original trilogy. And he makes me appreciate the prequels more with the stuff that he brings to the table. So you have a, what was it, a bony for Filoni? Uh, a chubby baloney for Filoni. Oh, chubby baloney for Filoni. I think that's great. Yeah, that's I, I, I'm, I'm so happy. Like, I feel like I know him. I'm like, I feel happy for him because he started off on Avatar and then he just immediately started doing all the Star Wars animated stuff. And look at him today. Like, he was just an animation director and animator. And now he's, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he's show running an amazing series. Sorry, spoiler. I loved Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dax, had you watched any of the animated stuff? Were you, how familiar were you with this character before going in? Okay, so um, much less than uh, than Nuno there. I uh, first of all, I want to say as a as a, as a side piece, of this I came on when I, before I was going to do the show. I'm like, oh man, it's been so long since I've seen these episodes. I don't really remember much. Then I remembered that I love how you do TV junk with like actual like a synopsis before every episode, so I'll yeah. remember the shit. So that's going to work out really well in my favor. Okay, so to answer your question, um, I had known of the, the character. I saw a couple, a little bit of Clone Wars. I didn't watch it as it was released, like in a sequence with Star Wars, because I was like, I don't want to watch the, I didn't like the character designs at the time. And I didn't like the style of the animation. And I was kind of like snobby about it at the time. And so I, w- I just sat and waited for uh, Revenge of the Sith to come out. Um, but I knew that it took place between uh, between the two movies. And uh, I think it was it was way later. We're talking like maybe three years ago, I started watching Clone Wars um, or Attack of the Clone, whatever the, the TV show was. And uh, I think I got maybe a season in the season and a half. And then I started just fell off of it. It was just, it was just a lot to watch. I, I'd enjoyed what I saw. I thought it was a cool take recently. I, I think we talked about it. I watched that tales of the Jedi, um, that little 10 episode thing that was really short and stuff. And those were fantastic. Yeah. Um, like really, really good. And uh, I was, tr- I was going to, watch rebels before this so that i could get that because everyone says rebels is the shit um and the, even the one before rebels or something like that is apparently part of the story of like her fighting darth vader and all that kind of shit or maybe that happens in rebels i don't know yeah that, but I, rebels. yeah i just never got into it and i just didn't bother but i had watched a lot of um like uh youtube because i feel like the fans were really wanting this to hit so i i kept seeing all these youtubes of like catching you up in 10 minutes to the story that you're going to see in Ahsoka. And like it would, for people that don't watch rebels and stuff. So they would basically do like just a little synopsis of like where they went, what happened, you know, like the Darth Maul stuff, all like just all the basic, very quick Coles notes of, of the series. So I, I knew names of characters not coming into here. I known Ahsoka because she's the big name. So I, I've known of her and I've like done fan art of her and stuff like that. So I knew who she was going in, but other than uh, I would say my first real, deep dive into Soka was in Mandalorian season two of like actually seeing her as a character and kind of getting to understand a bit about her. So I was excited for the series. So Sean, what about you? Any familiarity with uh, the character beyond uh, her appearance in the Mandalorian? Not a whole lot. I, I mean, I did see the clone wars animated movie, which I guess was like what the first three episodes or something of the show. And then I had seen a couple episodes here and there. I think I had tried to watch it with the kids at one point and, you know, we, we never really got into it. Haven't seen any of rebels. Um, but you know, I was, I was, I liked her appearance in the Mandalorian 
And I was kind of thinking, okay, maybe this is my chance to kind of get on board with this stuff, seeing it in live action. Cause I wasn't like, I'm kind of like Dax. I didn't like the style of animation of Clone Wars anyway. Uh, so, so I thought maybe this is my chance to get into it. All right. So, uh, overall, uh, opinion, just a brief overall opinion. Like Nuno, you loved it. Uh, Dax, what about you? I, I'm hard pressed, as we all know. I've mentioned it probably a couple of times to not see lightsabers in a Star Wars setting and not like what I see. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I haven't gone back and rewatched it yet, which I did do with Obi Wan, uh, but I think it's just because I liked like, certain things about the Obi Wan thing. But I'm definitely going to go back and rewatch this because I, I really enjoyed it. Um, didn't really have a lot of bad things to say about it, to be honest. Um, I'm sure there's like nitpicks, but because I didn't see the original stuff, you know, like, Oh, Ezra is this, or, you know, Sabine is this, and she doesn't do this in the show. Like I didn't know that. So it is, a, you can tell that it's based on more cartoony kitty kind of characters, I feel, but I feel like they did a decent job of kind of bringing it all together. And I was excited about the Thrawn stuff because of, uh, I read those books back when there was no canon other than that as the, the next step after the three movies, um, I read th- those are like pretty much the only books I read in my teenage years. Um, so I was excited to see how that got handled. So, um, Sean, overall thoughts on the show? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I, it's kind of middle of the pack for me in terms of the Star Wars shows. Um, I probably like first two seasons of Mandalorian and Andor better than this, but I definitely like it more than Book of Boba Fett and Obi Wan. And yeah, I mean, like, obviously I felt like there was stuff I didn't know. And I know that was like a criticism of that a lot of people had of like, you know, they didn't really fill you in on the backstory of a lot of stuff. And Ezra, people were like, why is it, who, why do we care about Ezra and all that stuff? But I kind of liked the mystery, like just knowing that there is a backstory there if I want to delve into it. And it felt like those characters have some history. Um, I just didn't need to know all the details necessarily and i mean i am kind of curious maybe to follow up at some point but uh but yeah no i thought it was pretty solid yeah i i don't think you really needed to see a lot of rebels to uh understand what was going on i, I think they made it pretty clear um uh through the storytelling like but uh i, I can see why some people didn't like the show because a lot of the characters were unfamiliar and maybe they thought that they could have had a, a kind of a better history told uh during the show but uh i was a big fan of it and um you know i think it was when we did season three of the mandalorian and uh uh nuno and dax i think you were both on that podcast yeah, we talked probably. about it and doug was on it as well mm-hmm. sean were you on that I don't think so, but yeah. I did. I did watch season three. I think I was just a little behind on it. I I remember that we kind of you know decided like we talked amongst ourselves what we really liked about Star Wars, and it was like you know Rebel Empire, uh, you know ship battles in space. We wanted lightsaber duels, and we wanted you know funny droids and animals, and we got that in every single episode of the series. Mm-hmm. We got all of that. And so it's like they listen to a podcast and they're like, okay, these are the things that people want. So we're going to jam pack it with, with 
action and, and, and a little bit of comedy and, um, you know, heroes and villains and, and, and just tell that story. And, uh, so I was, I was a big fan uh, of the series, but, uh, let's kind of talk about some of the episodes. First episode is, uh, we, we get introduced to a former Jedi named Balin Skull played by Ray Stevenson, RIP. That's an unfortunate that, uh, he passed away after they did this. Um, he's now working as a mercenary and he has a new apprentice named Shin Hattie and they assault a new Republic cruiser to rescue a character named Morgan Elsbeth. No, I don't remember this character from rebels. Uh, Nuno, is this a character we've been introduced to before? Um, she was in the same episode that had the live action Ahsoka with Rosario Dawson. Uh, it was the episode. Yeah. Oh. Then season two of Mandalorian, she was kind of like the, like the Shogun, like, cause it was totally like a Japanese samurai okay. kind of thing where um, Ahsoka, Ahsoka captured her. Ahsoka defeated her and got her, um, her Beskar spear, which then got handed over to Mando. Okay. Yeah. She was the character that was in that same episode. I'd completely forgotten about that. Anybody else forget that? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Funny enough. I, um, I had, I didn't know that either until I watched because I enjoyed the series so much right next to it on Disney plus was the making of Ahsoka. So I watched that 10 minute yeah. thing and it showed the clip where she's in that. I'm like, Oh shit. That's where she was. Yeah. They, they have the duel and during the duel where she's using the, the Daisho double lightsaber, which is another oh. samurai reference, but it's also from rebels where she has the short saber and the light and the long saber, mm-hmm. like any samurai. Um, she had the fight with uh, Morgan and she says something about her master Thrawn. So it's the first time that they name dropped Grand Admiral Thrawn in the live action Filoni verse. This guy knows Filoni. Yeah. I'm a huge Filoni fan. This guy, this guy's got Filoni pony for Filoni over here. I like I'm, it. I'm a brony for Filoni. I like it. I like it. So this explains why uh, Ahsoka is is believing that Thrawn is still alive and why she's searching for him and and uh, uh, obtains this uh, star map, which is the location of Thrawn. But they can't open the map, um, so they seek out the help of General Harrison Dula, who this is her first uh, live action appearance that we've seen so. this character. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she's a she's a major rebels character. And so, so sorry, can I interrupt real quick? What's yeah. the timeline again? This is like what 10, 15 years after after Rebels? Rebels. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this after Rebels this but, takes but place. It, it's the same timeline as Mando season three. Which okay, is like, so what is that? That's how many years past like Return of the six Jedi? Six years after Return of the Jedi. I think. Okay. okay. Like, I think season one was like five years after Return, if I'm not mistaken. So they were basically kids then in in rebels like they were supposed to be young teens. they, they were young show, right Ez, yeah. uh, only ezra was the youngest sabine was pretty young uh, hera was an adult okay and so was ahsoka Sindula suggests that uh oh sorry one she's... more thing sorry ezra ezra's kind of the life of brian of star wars <laughs> i my, my son and i made this realization because um you find out that ezra was born on empire day which is essentially the uh, the very end of <laughs> Greg's laughing at me. Ezra was born. He has the same birthday as Luke and Leia. He's born on the day that um, the day that the Empire took over, like the fall of the Jedi. So he's he's the life of Brian of Star Wars because he has the parallel life to Luke and Leia, and I think he's a better character. <laughs> 
just my wow. The, wow. The, maybe the, hot, hot the, take. The, hot the, take. The Filoni baloney is in full force right now. <laughs> wow. You know, I don't know why, because we spent so much time with them. You know, I love Luke and Leia in original trilogy. Maybe wasn't crazy about what JJ and company did. Mm-hmm. So Ezra, I spent more time with him. I kind of like his storyline and I think he still has a future potentially. That's fair. I mean, I knew nothing about him other than the fact that, uh, like I said, during these YouTube clips, I did see his whole reason why, like he was the, he basically took star whales and and took Thrawn ship into the other galaxy. Like he, there was a lot of sacrificing going on in rebels, a lot of people dying, saving the rest of the rebels and all that kind of stuff. So main characters, I believe one of them is the uh, the general you just said, the Twi'lek, the green girl's husband, sacrificed himself to save the ship of them at one point. And then I think at the end of Rebels, Ezra took Thrawn off into the other galaxy. And that's why he's over there with them. Yeah. Um, I found all that out on YouTube through <laughs> two second clips. <laughs> I got to say, Nuno, you're a Filoni baloney is the real shit. Like this is not this Oscar Mayer trash. You yeah, know what? Because I, I, I think I became a Star Wars fan the same time as my son, and it was Rebels that did it. I was kind Makes of sense. like I was lukewarm. I really loved. Oh, he was lukewarm. Lukewarm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that 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 pun was unintentional. <laughs> but yeah, I I always loved original trilogy. Grew up with it. Was lukewarm about everything else, but discovering Rebels with my son was like insane. We both geeked out crazy on it. That's awesome. Can I also say too, I know this is, I've said it probably before. I love that the prequels are now getting their just desserts. I feel like, yes, there's problems with them for sure. Like the the laughable stuff we've always laughed at. Yes. Some of the script was terrible, but at the end of the day, even I'm from the original fan, like the original three, I love these movies because I was such a fan that I loved anything to do with star Wars. And when it came out, I didn't give a fuck. I was like, sure, this is a bit cheesy, but I don't care. I want star Wars. And I loved Anakin. I loved the whole thing. Sure, there's things I wish that were done differently, but at the end of the day, I love now that we're getting to see more of that and that the fans, like I nerd, I maybe got a little tinge in my eye, like at the the Jedi, what was it, the Star Wars con last year where they have all those all that footage of um Hayden coming out to the applause and you know, him getting emotional on, you know, in front of everybody, you know, because they got so much shit for these films for 15 years. Right. right. And now it's funny because exactly what George Lucas said, these movies are for kids. Those kids are now are or are 25, 30 or whatever, and they love it. Right. So I just think that that's cool. Anyway. That's all I want yeah. I, I think Hayden Christensen and Jake Lloyd, especially got a lot yeah. uh, of the shit over, um, you know, the Phantom Menace and the movies after that. But, you know, they're actors who are given direction, you know, so like the, the choices that they make on screen aren't, aren't stuff that they just decided to do on their own. Right. So I, I think, you know, the fact that people were going after them, the actors, it probably was um, not the right place to oh, focus their, their anger, but uh, 100%. I, I am kind of glad that uh, they've been able to get past it and, and, uh, you know, especially Hayden Christensen come out, uh, uh, on top. But, um, anyway, so back to episode, uh, one, Ahsoka seeks out Sabine Wren. So we finally get to see Sabine Wren in live action, another Rebels character. Um, uh, it's also revealed that she was Ahsoka's, uh, former Padawan, which is, I don't believe is, is in the cartoon at all. I think it is, isn't it? I think towards the end, it, the, is it? the last shot is the two of them. 
I think uh, I think Sabine has Ezra's lightsaber because Ezra okay. makes his own lightsaber during a during a time jump. Um, and yeah, Sabine is left with it. There's really and again, it's it's the same idea that Sabine is not force sensitive, right? But and Ahsoka is a really minor character in the overall Rebels. Yes, it's a, it, it's a cool surprise when when she's revealed to be Fulcrum, who's just like um, gives them information. Like it's like she's she's keeping her her identity hidden from the rebellion for the first season, and then you find out she's. It's funny this series. It's strange that Ahsoka is the main character and the title character because she. Re, it's not really her story, which is kind of probably the biggest issue I have with it. Is that it really is a rebels, you know, the return or the rebels conclusion more than it is an Ahsoka story because Thrawn's not her nemesis. And right. she is a very minor character in the Rebel series. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting too, like just the idea of like naming these shows after the characters when it's not well known characters. I don't know if that's so smart because I feel like Andor in particular, that was a big thing. A lot of people didn't know who he was. Yeah. People got Andor Endor mixed up. Battle of Endor. Right. Exactly. People will think like, oh, I love Battle of Endor. I hope this is the follow up to that. <laughs> yeah. And and then like Ahsoka as well. Like, I, I, you know, if you named it, I don't know if what you could have called it, but like something more general. I wonder if that would have pulled more people in. But I I don't know, Sean, I do. I, I think that she's probably the smart play marketing wise. I, I feel like she's a pretty popular character in this time. I could be wrong. Maybe the baloney Filoni expert will will let me know, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like Ahsoka is a very popular. She's uh, pretty well known. You're right because and... of that generation of the kids growing up watching Clone Wars, right? Like she's a pretty big deal. Um, I mean, I I just know this from Comic Cons and stuff. The amount of people that dress up as Ahsoka and like like she she seems to be a pretty important Star Wars character. So that when well not important but loved. So that when she like uh, got into Mandalorian season two, everyone was just like chomping for her own series, right? Like they were just so pumped. That's the vibe I got from it anyway. Like, yeah. I feel like they, they couldn't have named it. Like it would have been, wouldn't have been smart for them to name it, you know, Sabine, whatever, or. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like, I don't know, call Star Rebels? Wars Rebellion or <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know what you would or, call it, yeah. but something like that. Yeah, no, I get that. So the star map. <laughs> <laughs> back yes. to the star map <laughs> so they can't unlock it they go to sabine wren who thinks she has an idea but she takes it uh, uh without permission and um gets uh confronted by uh balen skull's apprentice they have a lightsaber duel uh sabine gets stabbed and she loses the map so that's the first episode and you know we get we had a uh, lots of lightsabers. We got the one duel. We got to see Ahsoka with her double white lightsabers. And she had a, a battle when she, uh, with a bunch of, I think they were droids, um, or, or troopers, uh, when she, uh, gets the star map at, at the very beginning of the episode. So we got a couple of lightsaber battles. Um, uh, we got to see, uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, Huang is a, is a droid that was, um, sort of a, a a keeper at the Jedi temple and uh, and helped a lot of the young Jedis um train and build their lightsabers um voiced by David Tennant uh who I thought was was excellent in that role um the head is kind of sh- shaped like uh Boba Fett's ship I don't know if you noticed that it looked like <laughs> the, Huang's head yeah, yeah. was shaped like the slave one 
but I thought it was a great first episode. We got Lotha cats. I love, I love cute animals yeah. in star Wars shows. Um, we got the story crawl at the very beginning, which was like a, a nice little bit of nostalgia, which they've kind of been getting away from in a lot of the star Wars stuff. Um, and just the introduction of of all the rebels characters uh, right off the bat, and so we got a whole bunch of information and, and a quick paced, uh, uh, fun, action packed uh, first episode, which I really liked. Uh, and we'll start with Sean. What did you think of episode one? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I you know I think overall it, the show was a little slow to start, but I mean when I think of this first episode, it was pretty solid, and I and I did like it. I think I for some reason I had a big gap between I watched the first episode and then it just sat for a while, and then I had like three or four episodes I had to go back and catch up on. So I'm not sure why that was, but um, but yeah, I did I did like the initial like what I saw of all these characters who some of them were new to me. I liked the hint of Thrawn and that he was going to be in it, and I had read a few of the books, so I kind of that was a character that there was a bit of a hook there for me as well. Um, and you know, the one thing I all these Star Wars shows, I when I sit down and watch them, I'm always like, just they look amazing. Like I don't know if like, what it is, uh, w- what they're doing with the uh, the volume and all that, but like it just pops off the screen. I just think they've the everything about the production design and the effects look amazing yeah they've done a good job i agree uh dax what do you think of the first episode uh, i loved it i mean i i was excited because i was i was I kind of like had a uh love and hate thing with it because the, i was so pumped on the trailer of seeing those the shots of uh balin and uh shin like doing the whole like dark jedi shit and i was like oh my god yes and then that was in the first three seconds of the show. And as much as much as I loved it, I was like, oh, well, that's done now. Like, you know, I hope we get to see them more, you know. But I did. I loved it. I loved it all. I loved the the Ahsoka stuff. I loved. Uh, yeah, I just. Uh, yeah, I feel like it set the tone really well. And and I believe the first and last episode were like an hour long. Or was it only the first one that was like an hour long? But it didn't feel like an hour. And um, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it set up everything well. I kind of based on my stuff from the YouTube and the story. And then when he went into number one, I was totally fine with what everything was doing and it all made sense to me and stuff like that. So I thought it with my limited knowledge of rebels, it did a good job of kind of making it feel or launching it. Well, in my opinion, uh, Nuno, were you a uh, uh, half chub of, or full chub during this episode? <laughs> you know what? I was full of chub right from the cold <laughs> open. I gotta say, you know what? Um, yeah, adding to what Sean said, there's something amazing that they're pulling off with these with these Disney Plus um, Star Wars shows. Like the opening, because of the production design and the kind of, even though it's obviously not John Williams, I think Ahsoka many times has so many familiar Williams-esque like musical cues that it, it felt that opening looked so much like it was a, a lost scene from the original trilogy. Because it has a warmth to it that most digital uh, TV content or even film comment content don't have. Like it has a warmth and a nice inviting feel to it, like film has. And um, yeah, just I love, I absolutely love Balin and and Shin. Um, I know Frank will hate hearing this, but they are iconic. Like just the the scale difference between them. Like Ray Stevenson is a such a imposing figure. And then Shin is so small and creepy, like she never blinks. Their designs are phenomenal. 
their like diamond um chest armor is almost like kryptonian like, it almost looks like the superman crest in scale and placement like they look like badass kryptonians who are also jedi who are also like i love everything about these characters they're like lord of the rings characters thrown into the star wars verse because their their speech rhythms are almost shakespearean it's like they're they're kind of operating on a different level as everyone else like it's like they're from lord of the rings or from game of thrones thrown into the star wars universe and they are just phenomenal villains hands down i mean um, ray stevenson in particular I think he is. looks so good he's mm-hmm. amazing he has so many like he, he actually monologues but it's so interesting everything he says is well, actually it's not it's not big monologues it's like he gives such direct calculated um like responses to things it's it's like he's in a freaking shakespeare play or something it's 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 mind-boggling how good these villains are because most things nowadays have terrible villains this series piles on the villains each villain they add is fantastic there's like seriously five or six villains in this who again i'm going to say they're iconic they're iconic and they are better than anything the sequels gave us well there's one i'm not crazy about but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there we'll get yeah. there yeah <laughs> um orange lightsabers too you know what's weird? The red orange. The, uh, yeah. They looked kind of. It's weird. Like the the trailers that came out online looked very orange, but to me, they looked red in this. Or like they red, were, red, red. They red. were red orange, and I only yeah. know this because I may have pl- dabbled in the uh, Swator uh, MMO online game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I dabbled in that, and I wish I could keep playing it, but I I have a Mac, so I had like a weird ripped kind of like hack copy going on. I paid for it, but I like had to do this weird thing. And then of course it broke with an update. Couldn't play anymore, but uh, they had like basically every color under the sun of, of crystals. And that's where I started yeah. to learn about like what the crystals meant and all that kind of shit. Um, but yeah, the, the orange that you get from like, say like the Cal Kestis one, which is in the video game of Jedi survivor and all that shit is very orange. It's like orange, orange. This one was definitely orange red for sure. And I like that. Um, I felt like I, I noticed that right away. It looked almost like the, the the Sith ones, but you had that little blood orange look to them. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I'm I'm bringing this up, but yeah, it was definitely red orange, and they were very cool. Ray uh, Ray Stevenson, do you ever see uh, his take his Punisher movie? Oh yeah, love it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot better than you than you expected it to be. I Wasn't mean, that I, Punisher yeah. Warzone? Yeah, yeah. That that was a bloody movie, man. That was like oh, gory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into uh, episode two. So, uh, Balin Skull and Shin Hattie take uh, the map, um, and uh, Elsbeth reveals that uh, Thrawn is trapped in another galaxy, and so they set off on a quest to uh, steal a, a hyperdrive because they're building this uh, pretty badass-looking ring ship uh, to travel to other galaxies. While uh, Ahsoka is is trying to find out uh, who the people were that attacked uh, Sabine and finds out that uh, these droids uh, have ties to Corellia. So we're back. Uh, we get Corellia back into the Star Wars um, universe, I believe. Isn't that the, one of the planets that was featured a lot in Solo? That, 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 that's, where, that's where he's born. And it's, yeah. it's where they manufacture a lot of, uh, a lot of starships. So we go, we go back to that planet, Ahsoka and uh, and um, 
uh, Hera uh, try to get some answers and they get into some battles as they try to stop the uh, theft of the, the hyperdrive. And then we get to see our first appearance of Chopper, uh, who is just a, a rascal of an astromech <laughs> droid. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, he, he didn't get to do a lot of his uh, antics in this show, but uh, hopefully if we get more of uh, Chopper in the future, uh, he'll get up to no good. But he does manage to uh, attach a tracking device so they can follow the ship. Um, Sabine Wren decides that she wants to become uh, Ahsoka's Padawan again, defying Ezra Bridger, thinking that if, uh, if Thrawn is alive, then Ezra might be alive because they disappeared together. And um, so they, uh, the name of the ship, I believe, is the Eye of Scion, uh, which is a pretty badass name for a ship. I thought the, the ship looked very, very cool. And um, the episode ends with uh, Skull sensing that Ahsoka is going to come after them and they need to be ready. So uh, episode two, uh, Nuno, uh, let's start with you. Uh, thoughts on the second episode. What do you think of the ship? The ship is pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really love seeing Chopper, but like you, yeah, he's definitely not the same Chopper. And I can I understand seeing a droid who's almost homicidal towards <laughs> towards his friends the way that he is portrayed in rebels wouldn't read properly in a, in this oh, standalone series i feel like i missed out on something that sounds yeah, cool. yeah i he don't was, get that part he was either. like he's like he's like bender in futurama where he has like zero disregard for like human life <laughs> and, <laughs> he's, and he's and he's like he's like you know if someone's like literally I don't know why, but a member of the rebels is hanging off of a ledge by his fingers and he'll literally run over their fingers and he will constantly electrocute people because he's a little jerk and it's funny in the series, but I don't think it would translate well for people who are coming into this world. And I'm okay because the least they gave me another amazing droid because who young I thought was incredible, like a great droid. He's in virtually every episode, which is fantastic. So I'm okay that they couldn't bring chopper in this full spirit back but who young is a great substitute um yeah. I, I was pretty pumped that uh, uh sabine uh, towards the end of the episode breaks out her her beskar armor because she's uh you know she was born on on mandalore um you know and it's still amazing that like this one character who had like four lines in in a movie in 1980 and empire strikes back has, has given so much, uh, lore to the current, uh, star Wars stuff like this Boba Fett, like, you know, again, uh, a cool looking character in 1980, everybody wanted that toy because he had like a rocket on his back and he looked badass with his armor and all the different colors. And, and now so much star wars lore is tied to mandalore and mandalorians and and the armor and and all that stuff it's pretty crazy uh how much they got out of that character but uh it was very cool to see her break out uh the armor that she wore uh in the rebels cartoon oh, one one note about that armor i noticed something so i like yeah my son and i were waiting for her to put on the mando armor and obviously she's not really living the mandalorian code because she has long hair doesn't wear the helmet but when she's sending out the armor, I noticed just like how uh, Filoni and Favreau established, um, like having like um, like a totem or like or like um, an, an emblem that signifies your armor. It's usually like one of the shoulder pads. I know that um, Mando went with the mudhorn. 
he had yeah he had that mudhorn creature um sabine's has a purgle on it because of the last time when they defeated thrawn it was with the purgle so that was kind of cool what's a purgle the space, space whale. whale oh okay okay yeah, yeah. nice <laughs> um, nice. uh, Sean, Sean, what did you think of episode two? Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I kind of struggle to remember specific details about this one, but um, yeah, I, I I think it was good. I think you know the you, you mentioned um, Sabine and the Mandalorian thing, and it's like it's interesting because um, like I feel like I'm kind of burning out a bit on Mandalorian stuff after three seasons of it, and I feel like okay, I. Get the get the idea. I don't know if I need to go much deeper on their whole culture and everything, but I did like her having that mix of like the Jedi and and the Mandalorian and that fighting style. We didn't really get to see it in this episode, I don't think, but um, but that was cool. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked the that setup of that that sort of in, intriguing idea of like there's still people that are part of the empire secretly doing something like i don't know that was that was a cool hook dax what about you yeah that's i i was just gonna say what sean said so just jumping onto that i feel like i i enjoyed the kind of political side of of it in the sense of like yeah how would you fold in you know you've got the rebellion now right now they're in charge but like how do you fold in all the people that are in that gray zone of the empire you know, like, you know, with like, into the new world and trying to create an economy and all that kind of stuff. And you would in- invariably get some bad apples in there. And so I, so I kind of like that whole thing there where, where there was like the for the empire and, and, it, and you know, just kind of makes sense. Um, this was also, I believe the, the episode where we saw, I don't know if we ended up, it, I feel like he or she kind of disappeared. The, the, um, the 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 second sister looking dark Jedi that oh, had the mask yeah. and shit. Uh, that's right. Yeah, he he looks like a mid a medieval knight. Yeah, uh, yeah. Merrick Merrick is his name, I think. Right. So I think he, he, I thought he was going to be a big imp- important part of the show, and then I believe just disappeared because I, I don't remember seeing him after that episode. Um, and I, wasn't that was voiced by Star Killer or whatever? It's, isn't it a big thing? Is everyone thought it was going to be that character Star Killer from the video games, voiced by the guy who? Uh, did uh, Darth Maul and the Clone Wars, and he's like a big Star Wars nerd, and and you know everyone was like, oh, is he going to get be a character in the show and all that kind of shit? Oh, so okay. he's like an actual character in canon. Um, hmm. I believe he's like oh, yeah. a, that Vader trains or something like that. Like, and he's like this. I know, crazy... I know who you're talking about. He's a Canadian actor. Yeah, like with yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, 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 I thought he was going to be Ezra somehow because of it because of right. his build and like right. how lean he was. But uh, I mean that lightsaber fight on the on the dock was pretty cool. The whole like going to the ship foundry on Corellia was neat. Um, like I said, I enjoyed the political stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I it had, I mean everything about this show like it, it hits all the Star Wars Jedi kind of stuff that I want to see anyway. So everything in between it is just gravy for me. Like <laughs> they, they they executed it well. I can't can't think of things that like i didn't go all oh, this part shit i wish this would speed up like I, I just enjoyed every episode and actually this series was the first time i watched i know i maybe i started three episodes in but then i started watching every consecutive week after that usually i get annoyed and i wait for the whole thing and then just watch it on mass but this one I, I kind of caught up with and then started watching every wednesday or thursday it came out whatever it was was there any vadering going on 
Oh, I didn't Vader at all for this shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So because Star Wars fans are are kind of crazy, um, uh, people you know online were very concerned about uh, Sabine's Lothacat uh being all alone after sabine got like, hurt who's and gonna so, feed it oh, right kind of yeah. so uh, uh someone involved uh with with disney or or feloni or or whatever uh started a a, a live feed on tiktok of uh, the lotha cat uh, peacefully sleeping and, and waiting awesome. for sabine's return so that's actually um, funny yes and smart. <laughs> it's smart. I, need, I need to know whether for the close-ups of the of the loft of the lotha cat whether it's puppetry the same way that Grogu is because there's something about the close-ups that really it really felt like a a Henson like puppet mm-hmm. like yeah. the face had like it totally had that same original trilogy feel to it. I mm-hmm. hope they did use puppets for close-ups. I mean, I would not be surprised if they didn't, and that was just CG. But because I mean, remember when? Because they're getting so good with CG now, you can like bake mm-hmm. in like ticking into like the animation, right? So it would f- get that feel. Remember yeah. when uh, episode one Yoda came out and it was disgusting and it looked like you know like, like like an old witch. Yeah, yeah. And then and then they, they went. I remember watching all the behind the scenes shit and they're like, "Listen, we're not doing that again." And they literally scanned the puppet or like built the model to look like the puppet. Started baking in the animation, like the into the animation that kind of janky kind of feel. To make him feel more like the original puppet and that was like 20 years ago yeah right i can so see it, it says here it was animatronic but like grogu they did enhance it with some cg in some places okay. all right Ooh. so i'm completely wrong so it is it's awesome nice <laughs> thanks John. Uh, yeah, no problem. Ep- episode three <laughs> That's um, what sean does bro <laughs> the uh um sabine starts her training and and like we said earlier uh she's she's very good with the hand-to-hand combat and using the lightsaber but she has no she's not able to tap in to use the actual force at all um which i can imagine if you want to be a jedi that's got to be pretty frustrating um and harrison doodle meets up with uh, chancellor um mon mothma we get mon mothma <laughs> again yeah. you know it 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 feels like um like Dave Filoni watched the original trilogy as a child. And there are certain characters mm-hmm. that appeared very briefly that uh, he's like, you know what? We're going to make some uh, chicken salad out of some of these chicken shit characters. And, <laughs> um, and we get uh, Mon Mothma is all over the place in all of these star Wars shows. And just like we said in the Mandalorian season three, like we had justice for R five D four. And uh, so, uh, yeah, Mon Mothma just becoming like a, a major player once again in 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 the Star Wars universe. Well, it makes sense, right? Because the timeline is like she's like the the Chancellor or whatever like that right. at this time, yeah. right? It uh, it does make a lot of sense, but uh, it's just uh, I just find it amusing of this. You know, like, again, she had what one or two oh, yeah. scenes uh, early on. Jedi. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that was many it. Bothans died to bring us this information. <laughs> that, that line lives forever in my brain. Um, Cause I was, I was like, what's a Bothan? We never see a Bothan. Um, uh, also, do you guys feel like she looks amazingly accurate to the actor who played in Jedi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I mean, it's, I wouldn't, I haven't looked at them side by side, but like when I see her, I'm like, fuck that it's a pretty good likeness to me like i wouldn't yeah because she no. I, I think she she played her in rogue one and she yeah. had and she had the same 
original original trilogy or or uh, or uh jedi um like hair and yep. and 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 like white robes but then but then now she still looks kind of more, exactly the way she looked in andor with like the longer hair and kind of the, the blonde highlights and stuff but yeah she, she it's a different look from the original trilogy but i think she's the same actor that was in rogue one yeah it is I believe. yeah she looks exactly like the original one in my opinion yeah yeah I have to say, in terms of cameos in this show, I didn't have an issue with any of them except the three PO cameo. You didn't like the three PO, bro. A little bit, little yeah, bit didn't need to be there. I didn't see it coming, and I actually was pretty hyped about it. Yeah, right? because I was so surprised. I didn't think that Anthony Daniels was going to come back, and I think because I again, you know, sorry, sequel trilogy, but I. I had an, I had issues with three three PO's like fake send off in in uh, Rise of Skywalker where he's like I Same. I'm I'm gonna become a Sith now goodbye friends and then it's like yeah. oh no he's fine and then it's like and he he and R two didn't even have like a connection at all in the sequels it was kind of lacking so seeing him in this I think I was more excited to see him in this than I was I think and as as excited as when Luke and R two showed up in the season one finale of mando and no one knew it was going to be luke i was like oh who's this cool jedi then it's like oh shit you see the hand and you see the saber and you're like wait this is luke isn't it like i had the same kind of excitement when i saw 3po walk in to that like trial thing or whatever the the court martial i also liked how they used that i thought it was creative way to deal with the leia thing and not have a cg leia walk in you know what i mean i thought it was i thought it was a creative way of doing that and having 3po be the kind of because it would make sense, right? Like she would send an uh, an envoy or, or a person to speak on her behalf, and who else but three PO, right? Like it makes sure. sense. Yeah, I liked it. Um, so as as uh, uh, Hera is telling the senators that uh, you know Thrawn uh, potentially might be coming back and that he's alive, and Ezra Bridger might still be alive. Of course, the senators don't believe it. Um, which you know, if they would have just believed it in the first place. We would have had a three episode season. Um, but, uh, so Ahsoka and Ren and, and, uh, and Huang travel, uh, off to, um, stop the ship on the planet, uh, Cetos, uh, the eye of Scion. They want to, uh, intercept it before, uh, it can take off and potentially bring back, uh, Thrawn. So th- we also get the first appearance of the, of the Purgles. We get to see the space whales, um, uh, swimming through, I don't know the sky, I suppose, <laughs> uh, or just space in general, and uh, um, so they decide they they see that the eye sign is is not uh, uh, fully operational, and I love an empire weapon or a ship that is not fully operational. Uh, that's just like uh, uh, a Star Wars trope. Um, nothing is ever ready to go when they need it. And uh, this is always why the rebels, uh, end up winning, uh, at the end of, of every star Wars thing. Uh, except maybe not this one. Cause they technically, they don't spoiler alert. Um, so this is a hyperspace ring ship. It, they figure out it's supposed to go to another galaxy. And so ideally they got to go and, and make sure the ship doesn't take off. But, uh, skull sees that, uh, they're there. Um, and he sends, uh, um, 
Marek and uh, uh, some troopers and and Hadi to to go intercept them. Uh, so that was uh, episode three. I think that was one of the shorter episodes. Uh, I think it was only about thirty five minutes, um, uh, but that one kind of uh, flew by. Um, but again, like uh, a ton of action and uh, like a third straight episode with lightsaber battles. And, uh, we, we love the lightsaber battles. Um, Nuno, what'd you think of episode three? Episode three. You know what? I think I have some notes here. Like I think three and four, maybe I was less enthused. I made notes on a second watch. I enjoyed it the first time. And I was like, okay, I need to watch the second time to make some notes. And, um, something I really liked. Again, it's another, it's another like probably callback to Lucas's approach to the dogfights of the original trilogy, how he based them on actual aerial footage from World War II. Is that, um, when Merrick and, uh, Shin, yeah, Shin and then some other droids and or troopers come out in their ships, the sound design are like, uh, fighter planes from World War II just kind of like amped up a bit and actually the body the bodies of the planes look just like spitfires or whatever was used in world war ii it's kind of like a mix between a world war ii fighter and like a pod racer kind of so i thought that was really cool that was like a definite nod to lucas and lucas's love of world war ii aerial footage which inspired obviously the amazing aerial footage of the original trilogy that was like my favorite thing about that episode Anything with Merrick and Shin was just incredible. And I think some of the New Republic stuff is a bit tiresome. And I think in in Mando Season 3, when you see kind of how incompetent they are, it's kind of sad that it's kind of sad that all the heroes of the original trilogy saved the day just to usher in all of these douchey politics who are pretty corrupt and pretty i don't know just like real politicians <laughs> not that it weighs down it too much but i think the, all that stuff with like them doubting hera constantly it's just it's a bit tired i can't wait till we get like the west wing star wars series or something like just that watch clone wars the first four seasons you get three part story arcs which are all about the galactic senate nice i think baloney's got <laughs> He's into the the whole commerce and politics of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone he, else. <laughs> he, he loves he loves Parliament. He yes. loves it. Yeah, which is probably why I fell asleep and stopped watching the show. Yeah, it's I I, I skip those episodes. Um, Sean, any notes uh, over episode three? Uh, okay, two things. So one, so you mentioned the hyperspace ring. Is that yeah. like a new thing? Has that been in anything else before? Jedi's used to use them in the prequels, but they were small. Do you remember how the small yeah, Jedi jump and rings. Anakin and Obi Wan would kind of park into one, and then they would stuff that doesn't have a hyperdrive engine. Um, okay, okay. Would, would would use a ring, but that is the that is the biggest ring, and it was obviously designed for the Empire because I think Harry even says we we don't have anything in the New Republic fleet for that that's that big. And so the idea is that it's set to warp you to a specific point. Then it's for uh, ships that can't get that far I on their think, own. Think if if you I have think, the 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 coordinates, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think the 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 point that it had to be so big was to obviously have the star destroyer in it 
But I think the whole point, like the Star Destroyer itself has light engines, like it can do it, but yeah. it's the whole across galaxies. It needs to be a super big one because yeah. no one has traveled across a galaxy before. Apparently only the whales can do it. So, yeah. Okay. And then the other thing, was this the episode that had, I think it is where the engine fails on their ship and then Ahsoka goes out on the wing and it's kind of like holding off the other ships. Like, yeah, that is. Uh, yeah. Because, because that, that, cause they're, they're in the world war two fighter jets in that scene so yeah yeah uh, that was like one of my favorite moments in the whole series like i i don't like i could see some people being like okay this is getting a bit ridiculous or whatever but uh i don't know to me that was like something fresh in star wars and it kind of like the one thing for me like feloni like like you know i guess you guys if you've seen the animated shows and stuff you're kind of already on board with him and it's not like i've disliked him but i think i've been kind of like ah, is he is this just like feeling like fan film type stuff like is he really like uh you know like you said the heir to the empire or something and i was kind of maybe unfairly thinking in my head like favreau is bringing all the good stuff i don't know who this feloni guy is but i i think this show did make me start to appreciate that he's bringing new ideas that kind of work in the universe of star wars and feel legit and um yeah just that he had some new ideas in terms of action and stuff we haven't seen before so uh so yeah i really like that uh dax any uh any specific notes from episode three don't remember a whole lot of specifics for show notes um but i feel like i did like the the, the giant space ring and it's funny i didn't even think about the uh the prequel stuff until nuno brought it up that that's right that they the smaller ships needed that so the design was already made i thought it was something fresh for this show but uh the fact that it's you know super big for something massive is was a neat neat idea and the fact that they're going to get i knew it was going to get thrown star destroyer because i read the books like i said so um i was excited for that and like what where it was leading to i don't remember much about the combat and that i mean the the the, the ship combat was i remember pretty cool I, I don't remember as much detail as nuno does but um i saw it twice though <laughs> did you nice yeah, i'm gonna yeah. go back i think i'm gonna start start it up again just rewatch the series soon um but uh i would say i didn't i think it was one of the times i was like well, a bit much exactly what sean said about the on the the, the outside like the gravity boots and the, the space outfit and stuff like that and blasting or blocking ship bolts from like you know seemed a bit much for me but it wasn't like i really got that upset about it i i was like okay cool on to the next thing like if the rest of the season was her just standing on the ship blocking starship blaster fire i would have been pissed but it was it was quick and to the point and it did its job so yeah and um, is this is and, this uh, the episode where we actually see them jump into hyperspace i think it is right like on on the whales is that when she goes in the whale mouth or no uh, no that's uh that's coming up oh, okay yeah. Spoiler. Ring them and them. So in uh, uh episode four, uh this was a it's it's a pretty action-packed episode. This is the episode where uh Sabine and Ahsoka kind of uh pair off against uh uh Shin and and Merrick and have the battle, the lightsaber battles in the forest, and we get uh, a lot of Mandalorian style fighting from Sabine. and uh, you know, we get the the double uh bladed uh lightsaber uh from merrick and and you know and uh i just thought a a a really great uh action fight scene between the the two of them 
or the four of them, I guess. Um, you know, Ahsoka uh, kills Merrick uh, in a in a pretty cool way because he's doing the uh, uh, like the 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 windmill with the lightsaber as, as uh, uh, he's approaching her, and, and and she gets the shot into the chest and and kind of cuts him uh, a bit in half. And I thought that was super cool. Uh, so uh, Ahsoka gets to uh, where the star map is, and uh, she has a battle with uh, Balin Skull, and so they have a a, a great fight scene as well. Uh, Sabine finally uh, shows up there, and uh, and she thinks that uh, Skull has killed uh, Ahsoka, and then he convinces her to to hand over the star map uh to let them finish what they're doing and to come with him because if uh if thrawn is alive then she can be reunited with her friend ezra bridger and uh actually hands over the star map lets herself get captured and um and they get into into the ship and take off uh hyperspace they jump a galaxy and um yeah, we get a panning shot of of the the cliff in the water where we think Ahsoka has died, and we um, it kind of shows her uh, kind of like in a purgatory area, and she wakes up on this uh, space path and turns around, and there is Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker. Um, I did not know that he was in this uh, series at all, so I was kind of surprised. Uh, a very pleasant surprise, and then a uh, pretty cool uh, cliffhanger uh, for uh, episode four. Um, uh, Dax, what do you think of this episode? Uh, I loved it, and I, I'm kind of sweating a little bit. Uh, my vagina's sweating a little bit because I forgot. <laughs> I made that comment earlier, but the Merrick character, I'm saying right. that's the, that I thought he just disappeared. And I've totally forgot that she killed him and had a fight with him on this planet. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to rewatching that. Um, but yeah, I remember the combat stuff was really cool. I loved the Balin Skull um, uh, talking to her about Anakin or like just, I think she references uh, about her teacher being whatever the worst thing in the world. And that like, I don't know, he, he makes some comments to her and they have their fight and that's great. And then, I actually really liked the um, the very Sith-like pol- politician uh, speech that he gives to Sabine about, like you know, preying on her desire to see Ezra again and uh, using his sense of the Force or whatever to kind of know that that's what she wants and that's what she's doing this for and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, it's just uh, I feel like he embodies, like I think what uh, uh, Nuno was saying is he like his his is his acting and, and just his performance embodies that whole kind of like dark Jedi, but he does a very good job at doing the fallen Jedi as opposed to just the Sith Lord kind of thing. Right. He does this kind of like, you, you don't really know what his intentions are. You know what I mean? Like he's not all bad. He's like that chaotic neutral or neutral, lawful, good, lawful, neutral, chaotic D and D character. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you, that you, that you, that you want to be. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I thought he was great. Um, he's, he, yeah. he's like, he's like the flip side of Obi-Wan, you know, yeah, exactly. he's, he's wise and he's kind of jaded, but you don't know which side he's. Yeah. Like, you know, really he has motives, on, but you're like, what, yeah. what are his motives? You know what I mean? Cause he doesn't seem to really care. Like, and unfortunately, this is the thing. Fast forward to the end, I won't say it, but I mean, like the ending with him, um, I don't quite get. I think that's more of you need to know the show and like yeah. what he's doing there and, and like what and are his no, reasons. And there's no closure, and you, you kind of feel I like know. 
do they have to recast him now? It's really unfortunate. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was great. Um, and of course, when I saw Anakin, I was like, oh, God. And even I, because I'd seen, I think, a couple of episodes where he was training Ahsoka. That's as far as I got up into Clone Wars. Um, so I, the snips thing, I was like, oh, that's a cool nod. And I really feel like this whole sh- this whole thing, they basically just gave tons of nods to all the kids who watch Clone Wars. Like it was, oh, yeah. it was always, they actually used some of the real art from the cartoon on murals and stuff, or at least like, you know, versions of that art. Like they, they actually mimicked that art style onto a mural in the show, live action show um, of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in rebels, all, all of that graffiti, it's actually yeah. Sabine. Like they don't go into that, but Sabine is like a graffiti artist. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. So I, I just, yeah, I, 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 lo- I like the episode a lot. And the whole Anakin snips thing was, was very cool. I'm like, okay, where's this going to go? And uh, yeah, we'll get into it more in, in the next episode. My thoughts on that. Uh, Nuno, two things. Um, mm-hmm. Your thoughts on uh, episode four. And is this episode the first time we see the ship, the ghost in the series? Yes, because earlier when they're on Corellia, yeah. they are in the smaller version. They're in the Phantom. The, the right. Phantom docks within the ghost. So yeah, this is the first time. And I think I had a note being like, yes, the ghost, finally. You finally see Chopper and Hera in the ghost. You only see Chopper and Hera in the Phantom on Corellia. Right. So yeah, first time you see the ghost. Um, second time live action. The ghost is at the is in Rogue One with the fleet. Uh, when oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I thought I thought the ghost was at the end of... Uh, also, does it not show up at the end of Rise of Skywalker? I heard that too. Yes, it probably is. It's probably there in the... Somewhere. Uh, outside of the, of the Emperor's like galaxy or whatever it is. Like right. His, his, his planet, yeah. yeah so I thoughts on they... episode four? Oh, you know what? Um, uh, again, like... You can see like Floney wears his influences on his sleeve, like big time. He has like a huge fetish for for Japanese, like like feudal Japan and the samurai films. And I think I haven't been as excited for absolutely every single lightsaber duel in this. It 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 brings me back to Duel of the Fates um at the end of uh Phantom Menace, where lightsabers were amazing and the choreography was just stuff you've never seen before i get that every time there's a lightsaber battle in this series and not as much in anything else like the obi-wan battles i didn't really like as much in this lightsabers are brutal and they're they're loud and they're dangerous and all the stuff with shin felling entire trees when she's like when she's like fighting with Ahsoka is outstanding stuff uh, no, no, she's she's fighting. She's fighting Ren. Sorry, she's she's fighting Sabine Ren, and then and then when Ahsoka does the does the classic samurai thing where they all they they cross each other and they and they and they pause and you don't know which yeah. one which one took the blade, and then Merrick just pulls back and all this black smoke pours out of his chest. Amazing. I don't need an explanation as to why he died that way. Why he, he why he had a you know obi-wan smoke interior or, or just exactly like <laughs> yeah and, and then and then the look of horror on shin's face when she looks over at him dying like i don't need an explanation they just kick ass it was an amazing death to an amazing character like the fact that he has an inquisitor blade and he looks like a medieval knight is just it's such a cool blend of uh of influences for an amazing character who 
really has three three lines. Like he's like the next Boba Fett, right? <laughs> so kick ass. I want to own toys of him, and I hate toys. <laughs> you hate toys. Wow. I hate toys. I like sold all my toys a long time ago. People <laughs> keep buying them for me, and I'm like, no, I don't like toys. Uh, Sean, any thoughts on episode four? And uh, do you hate toys? <laughs> love toys um this i think this was the best episode for me like i was fully in at this point great cliffhanger um love the samurai influence and all the fights you know the one thing i will say and i guess we'll talk more about this in maybe the next episode but just the like i like that twist of sabine going with him and like it feels in that moment like she could be convinced, but I mean, ultimately, I don't think I really believed she was flipping sides or anything like that. Like she just wanted Ezra. So I kind of wish there was a little more there, a little more of like, oh, maybe she did flip or something. But uh, but still, like it's a convincing. I think he put a convincing argument out, and uh, yeah, like it just the where that episode ends. You're like, I need to know what's going to happen next. Um, the, the one thing towards the end of, uh, episode four, uh, with, uh, uh, Hera and, uh, when she arrives with, uh, um, uh, to the, to planet, uh, to Setos with, uh, a little bit of the, the rebel, th- uh, fleet. Well, it's like one squadron of X-Wings. And of course it's, uh, uh, what's the name of that pilot, uh, that's was in Mandalorian as well. Carson Tiva. Carson. Yes. Um, so they they show up and they see the 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 hyperspace ring the eye of sign take off and jason says i've got a bad feeling um, <laughs> which is kind of a callback to um the original uh trilogy so in 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 episode five um uh they kind of show up and they they don't know where ahsoka is they don't know where sabine is and uh um uh harris look around and, and jason senses that ahsoka is 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 in the water that uh, she's in the the world between worlds and they do i thought was really cool where they they took the sounds of the waves crashing along the rocks and kind of infused it with lightsabers until it was just the sound of of lightsabers and so they knew that uh ahsoka might still be alive and and harris sends the uh the squadron out to just keep going around and around the water looking for ahsoka and then we get this uh this episode uh that's uh, a lot of uh, Ahsoka and Anakin uh they're talking he kind of explains why she lost that fight and um you know we get transported back to uh the clone wars uh, they're on the battlefields and and Ahsoka's a child and in this really cool um flashback scene um and we get Anakin flipping back between you know the good Anakin and and like the the red eyed uh sith anakin and they have this uh very uh uh i thought this was an an amazing lightsaber duel i thought the choreography in this one was spectacular um so it was uh, amped up again more lightsabers uh all the time uh dax what'd you think of this uh battle uh i loved it for sure just on first viewing i i loved it just based on the the lightsaber combat the anakin stuff he's very good i mean he's always been good in the in the movies and the in the lightsaber duels and stuff like that so uh putting him with ahsoka um and i feel like uh sorry rosario dawson i feel like she did a good job i feel like she's less 
I mean, it's nitpicking, but I feel like she's less physical with it than like it looks more like she's remembering moves than than Anakin and say or uh, uh, Hayden and uh, Ewan McGregor did. You know what I mean? Back in the day, um, but she she did great for the the series. But um, like there was so much choreography she she had to learn for this this series. Um, but I just feel overall it was it was one of the best lightsaber duels, and I loved uh, the getting to see the Clone Wars Anakin and all this kind of stuff. I was fine with it. I feel like. I've got a better appreciation. I'd like to know what Nuno thinks about this and you guys, obviously, if you know more, but I just kind of took it as one of those, Oh, she's having a dream or it's, she's manifesting this or she's on a on death bed and she's having this thing. But I've seen so much stuff. I mean, the fans loved this shit, but everything I've seen, the fans ate this stuff up because there's been a million YouTube videos on like, um, like Anakin is now the ultimate force ghost because he like the whole thing about I will save people from death, like all that kind of it's said in Return of the Jet or Revenge of the Sith. He actually has because he pulled her into the world, but the force ghost pulled her into the world between worlds uh, and gave her this test to keep her alive and all this kind of shit. And, you know, um, yeah. And like, he's able to go between light and dark side force ghosts and shit like that. Like, um so he's finally at peace and he's like he's the actual chosen one and all this kind of stuff so i don't know how much of that is accurate to canon or if that's just nerds make making shit up but uh i feel like it kind of if, if you watch it with some of that in mind like when i first saw it i just thought she was having like a you know uh, she's almost dead kind of dream kind of thing going on but apparently the, the, the there might be more to it with the whole like a star wars nerd saying that that was the actual force ghost of anakin you know, reaching across to her in death and, and, and kind of pulling her out of it kind of thing. So I don't know what you guys think about all that, but other than that, I thought it was just cool. It was very, very cool. You know, you want to chime in on it? Yeah. You know what? I actually, I didn't, at first I didn't know how to feel about Hayden Christensen coming back because, you know, he had just been in, he had a big role in Obi-Wan. I wasn't crazy about that. Cause I kind of feel like Vader is Vader. And Obi-Wan I mean, and Anakin is Anakin. And I kind of don't like seeing him as Anakin post the, the, the prequels, but in this, I quite liked him. I think this was Hayden Christensen's strongest um, outing as Anakin. And I think it was Rosario Dawson's best role, best performance as Ahsoka. I found that a lot of Ahsoka's stuff early in her own series, she was um, exposition and then she had a lot of training montages with um, with Sabine that seemed to be um, counterintuitive to the plot. There was a lot of resistance with them and a lot of repetition. I think I found that a lot of their training for the first two or three episodes. I think her scenes with, with Sabine were the weakest scenes with Sabine. And I think Sabine's a good character with other people. So I think taking Rosario Dawson out from the other cast members and throwing her in with Hayden Christensen and Anakin was amazing. Um, I loved all of Anakin's lessons about, you know, again, why she lost the fight. And then the flashback, it literally gave me chills. I wasn't the biggest Clone Wars fan, like for the series, but seeing Hayden Christensen in the actual hairstyling of the animated series and yes, wearing the yes. actual Clone Wars armor, which you never see them in live action wearing the actual armor, which is kind of like a mix of like trooper stuff. And his was like a black theme. And Obi Wan's was Obi Wan actually wore like troop like clone trooper armor with his robes. So a scene, just something about seeing Hayden Christensen with the same cool little like cowlick kind of hair and the black armor. It, I was it did stuff to me. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is amazing! Like 
Um, I loved that flashback. Um, I loved the lessons. Like the dialogue is actually really strong. And Hayden Christensen was phenomenal because he was channeling. Like again, he took a lot of a lot of the performers of the prequels took a lot of heat for the performances. But I think it was it was it was it was by design. Lucas felt that was how he wanted to approach it. I think that's just how he coaches actors, right? And this, you can see Filoni really did a lot of legwork with the Clone Wars series to make Anakin more of a stronger, self-assured character and not as maybe whiny. And yeah, I think he he listened to the complaints that people had with Anakin's depiction in the films. And he tried to make him a traditional hero. And I think Hayden Christensen is really channeling, probably because of Filoni's like, insistence that okay we're going to try him this way and i really liked seeing that and uh yeah i think it was again a huge as far as influences another thing which is a huge thing in this series is the lord of the rings like total lifts well i mean just like ripoffs really right i mean they're homages but the fact that the fact that ahsoka dies wearing gray robes and then comes back as ahsoka the white I saw that was a huge thing online. Everyone says Ahsoka the White. And then I just Googled Ahsoka the White. And Rosario Dawson actually addresses that at, in an interview. She says that she and Filoni had the idea. Yeah, yeah let, let's let's do this Gandalf thing with this character where she actually dies and comes back better and, you know, ready for the ready for what's next as a white character. So I thought that was pretty funny. I didn't even notice that. But, I didn't no, know. Yeah. That her, that, oh no! Yeah, because was my, it just I, her clothes I, that changed, or like? Yeah, and 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 and, and her demeanor. She's cooler and more confident uh, yeah. when she comes when she comes back. Well, I figured that was just from the what she learned through Anakin yeah. and the training. But, but yeah, her her uh, her robes changed completely from no. white to white. I did not notice that. No, that's interesting. I thought there was uh, it was very cool. There there was one scene when when the, they kind of come back from uh like the the flashback to the clone wars and and uh back to the battle and and anakin is kind of marching towards her through some smoke mm-hmm. and you hear like the vader music and it kind of flashes between vader and anakin as as uh, he approaches her and this is kind of you know when she realizes that she is not responsible at all for his downfall and why she chooses to to live and 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 go back uh and uh, I, I don't know. I just thought that was a very cool scene. I, I enjoyed all of that. Uh, Sean, what were your thoughts on that? We haven't heard from you yet. Yeah, no, I really liked it. I, you know, it's just another example of Filoni reclaiming some of the prequel stuff, making it seem cooler, kind of putting some depth where maybe there wasn't some before. And and then like this whole world between worlds thing. Like I don't know if that's been around, but like feels like he's again laying down some interesting Jedi lore for for that they can build on that people can kind of speculate about like i like that it wasn't like totally spelled out what was happening there and um i just one question like the uh jason character so is that is he like in rebels or like like obviously um yeah hera hera finds out she's pregnant with um in the final season and her father and uh her partner dies her partner was voiced by uh Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. Jr. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he played uh Kanan, Kanan Jarrus, who uh who who was who was Ezra's um uh master. So uh Kanan Jarrus survived the culling of the Jedi. He was a youngling who escapes. 
And so he's he's not a full Jedi. He's a Padawan when he leaves. And he secretly trains Ezra as a Padawan throughout Rebels. Okay. I mean, it's interesting just because, um, you know, like with the uh, sequel trilogy and like the Ryan Johnson uh, Last Jedi, they were kind of pushing this angle of like anybody can be a Jedi. But Which this, I like. I prefer that. But this feels like it's going back the other way where it's like, okay, his dad was a Jedi, so he's got the powers, you know, which... You know, I don't, I don't really like. You can have both, I think, but uh, I just—it's kind of surprising that it's going back that way here. Well, I feel like I feel like that caught a lot of heat, didn't it? In the the sequel trilogies, like people were like that went too far outside of what the canon. Yeah, I mean, does. I think I think a lot of people disliked it, but I don't know if they disliked it for good reasons. Well, it, <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, if you think about it, but with the prequels, Lucas kind of painted himself into a corner by insinuating that Jedi. Are not supposed to procreate so how do the how, how do the jedi continue it's because it's it's the council's job or the order's job to find and train for sensitive children yeah, once yeah. they're born because they're supposed to be random and bad things happen when they procreate hmm. yeah that's very true so ray so ray being so i liked ryan ryan johnson's take on ray being insignificant and having uh, a ter- terrible parents who sold her for you know spice or booze or something is way more interesting than making her people wanted her to be related to obi-wan but then he because that, that was all over the internet i think jj last minute was like oh he's she's a uh, palpatine it's like <laughs> do we really need that yeah like it's kind of i think she's a better character if she's a rando a rando force user yeah for sure because then you got to think of uh Palpatine, no, no one you know. wants to think about that, Greg. No one wants to think about that. <laughs> What's under that is rooms? way too wrinkly. <laughs> uh, this episode actually is also directed by Dave Filoni, just like the, the first episode was of the series, uh, which makes a lot of sense considering they they went back in, into like Clone Wars era Anakin and, and Ahsoka in the flashback. So it made a lot of sense to do that. Um so Ahsoka is is rescued uh, by the squadron, um, and then she kind of uses her force powers to um, to realize that uh, Sabine is gone with uh, with Balin Skull and and is uh, gone onto the ship as well. Uh, so as uh, Mon Mothma uh, uh, sends some uh, um, New Republic forces to take. Uh, to take Hera and Ahsoka into custody for, for doing this unauthorized mission. Um, Ahsoka and, um, uh, 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 what's the name of the droid again? Uh, you know, Oh, uh, who young, who young. Yes. Uh, they hitch a ride with, uh, some pergles, the space whales, and they, uh, blast off, uh, uh, into hyperspace uh while uh, uh Hera and Jason and, and Chopper stayed behind. So that was uh episode five. Uh jumping into episode six, the Eye of Sion arrives uh uh on the planet uh Peridia, which is the ancient homeworld of uh Elsbeth people, the 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 Dathomiri, now the the witches or the sisters of uh Dathomir. Uh Nuno, what show were they those characters established on? Um you know what? I know. I know that they helped. They helped resurrect and and uh, and save Darth Maul. But Darth Maul was a big character in both Clone Wars and Rebels. And Rebels. So I can't tell you, but yes, because they 
they they had a certain sect of the of the sisters of Dathomir lived on the Zabrak homeworld, and they they like raised Darth Maul or something like that. So I think that that's when Filoni first came up with them, and I really like that he brings a different type of mysticism to a world that if you think if you see look at Lucas's writing, and even JJ has good callbacks to the fact that you know the Jedi Order and the Force, it's you know it's a it's a religion, it's a mysticism, and the fact that the sisters of Dathomir represent a different type of mysticism is a fun fantasy element to bring into Star Wars. I think it works really well. I think all of the cool ritualistic sites and kind of like ancient kind of like, you know, things that were in both Floney's animated stuff. And then in this too, I think those are nice additions to the Star Wars lore. A little bit of the supernatural. Yeah, exactly. Right. And this is for me, this is what I love what they're doing with all this canon and rap they're doing. It just shows they're doing a good job wrapping it together because I didn't know about the witches of Dathomir until I played the video game, which was the yeah. Uh, that's where um, I know I'm from too. The, that's cool. the first Fallen, one, Fallen, Fallen Order. Order, right? Because he goes to Dathomir, and that's the first time I heard. Oh, this is Darth Maul's home world, you know that kind of thing, right? And then you see the witches, and then the, one of the main characters is a, a magic user and all kind of stuff. So that's where I got a taste for all that. So when he was in the show, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes total sense. It's literally the exact same thing I just played for like eighty hundred hours. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. So. So not knowing, but being part of the other content, let me know who they were. So, um, so, um, Balin Skull kind of talks to uh, Shin about how he believes that, like, the fall of the Jedi and the rise of the Empire is just this uh, continuous cycle, and that uh, he's kind of choosing to to break this, and he has a um, kind of hints that uh, uh, he has a, a different plan for himself than uh than what um you know she might expect or what the viewers might expect and then uh, they'll get back to that uh uh, later on um but so they uh uh elsbeth and and skull and and sabine wren meet up with the great mothers who are a group of the night sisters that are allied with thrawn and they're part of uh uh these sisters of of dathomir like they're the the ancient um ancestors of them and uh so thrawn finally arrives uh on his uh star destroyer and uh thrawn is played by lars uh mickelson um blue face guy uh nuno when you first saw thrawn what were you feeling uh one of my favorite moments because they um i mean it was rumored for quite a while that they wanted to bring lars mickelson to reprise the role because he voiced him in uh, Rebels season three and four, cool. and uh, yeah, it's a famous brother of uh, of those amazing Dane actors, Mads and Lars Mikkelsen, who are now both Star Wars characters, which is very cool. Um, yeah, uh, the intro with them before you see him, it's like I think the first time you ever hear um, like creepy horror, like like organ music. There's crazy organ music. <laughs> playing for his intro it's 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 kind of like it's like religious and kind of creepy and like hammer horror kind of sound and i think it was an amazing introduction especially seeing all the night troopers like when you watch it with subtitles it tells you like oh night troopers like what are night troopers and they're all wrapped in red bandages and they have like gold accents kind of like that um 
again more japanese stuff there's that japanese pottery art where you you repair um ceramics with with gold and his and his ship is, is that his ship has all this damage that's been repaired with gold and then all the troopers have gold accents and then you see captain enoch and he's got like this amazing medieval mask like right yeah. out of right out of excalibur or like the, the 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 souls games of like you know playstation my my son's into the souls games so he was like what is going on i can't believe there's a friggin' trooper with a golden face probably my favorite character in the series was captain enoch just visually <laughs> again i want that toy and i hate toys <laughs> so um, that was a rant that, no that's that was a it was a great rant uh so Thrawn is, uh, he's going to honor, uh, Skull's promise to Sabine Wren and it gives her some provisions, uh, a mount, uh, which is called a howler, which is essentially turns out as a giant dog. And again, we get more funny animals in this series and very Lord I, of the Rings, right? Was that, yes. that a Lord of the Rings kind of feel? Yeah. It's like a war. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, kind of gives uh, her an idea of where Ezra c- could possibly be. So she takes off and Thrawn orders, uh, Skull and, uh, Shin to follow her. Um, so they can uh, kill her and uh, Ezra Bridger. And, you know, he, uh, Skull says, you know, he's still keeping his promise. His promise was not to, to hurt her and, 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 uh, uh, give her an opportunity to go find him. And, uh, so once, uh, you know, she finds Ezra Bridger, then it's his promise is done. And then he can kind of, um, uh, finish off these people, uh, before they can stop, uh, General Thrawn from coming back, uh, into the other galaxy. Uh, so she uh, encounters some uh, some cool looking marauders, uh, and of course her her mount uh, takes off at the first sign of battle, and uh, she has a pretty cool battle with uh, 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 using both the lightsaber and uh, her Mandalorian fighting with uh, uh, numerous uh, uh, villains on top of her. I thought it was a really cool action uh, piece, and then uh, um, so. As this episode moves on, uh, she encounters uh, some uh, uh, a native like turtle like uh, creature called the the Nauti or the Noti, um, and uh, follows them to the village where she is reunited with uh, Ezra Bridger. Um, Nuno, once again, the first appearance of Ezra. What were you feeling when you saw this character? He was amazingly cast, and I really <laughs> like. I really like. You know like the um because you know the way he was depicted a lot of the characters they've got these really crazy blue almost like dune-esque like you know spice using kind of eyes so i think the actor they got he again because you know filoni loves these characters he created them you know 15 16 years ago um you can see they found someone who channels the same kind of energy um as as ezra was depicted in rebels this this episode was just crazy for me like seeing thrawn seeing the night troopers and then ezra and seeing just feeling that ezra was perfectly cast um like he's again another yeah another jedi who's reminiscent of jesus <laughs> he's uh he's the new jedi messiah after uh <laughs> after you and mcgregor in uh, episode two i i, I that's I, I just got i just got jesus jesus vibes from him like with the, the beard and his robes and I absolutely loved it. I thought he was just young and uh, yeah, those eyes were just something about him. He just, he felt otherworldly and 
just gentle and funny, like very funny, probably one of the most likable, I think, Jedi ever. What I liked about this comes from more my like just knowledge of Jedi stuff in general. I'd say that's like what I most have always been attracted to in these in movies and especially the prequels is like learning about the different training and how everybody does this and that. What I like about this is that it, it believably shows what not so conventionally trained Jedis would be like, right? So you've got Sabine and Ezra, two totally different power levels to totally different ways of training. Like he basically spent, he was a Padawan when he he managed to turn Thrawn away to this other galaxy. And then he's been by himself. And I really liked in, in, in the fight sequence where he doesn't take his lightsaber back and he's just like force pushing everything around, right? Like he's more just, he spent all of his time training with the force. So he doesn't really rely on the lightsaber too much. He, he's not as, you know, that side of it. And then you've got um, Sabine who's like, trying to do just the physical side for the most part of the lightsaber, but then ends up going back to her blasters and stuff. So I, I really like that there's uh, it's, it's just kind of filling out this world of how training would be for this type of religion or this magic power or whatever that is the force, right? We've always just seen like you learn to be a Jedi by doing X, Y, and Z. So I just thought that was really cool. So Sean, we have uh, an episode with uh, a very cool fight scene between Sabine and some marauders. We get the first appearance of uh, Ezra Bridger, which is a brand new character for you. We get some turtle-like creatures that are amazing <laughs> mechanics, and we get uh, like a, a howler creature, which is uh, wagging its tail and it's uh, you know hanging its tongue out of its mouth and following Sabine around like a like a lost puppy. We got all kinds of stuff in this episode what was your big takeaway so far i mean i do love the creatures in the show yeah uh for sure uh so i, I like the howlers and the the no tea or whatever they are um yeah i mean i mean ezra didn't do much for me like he was fine i just like i didn't i know that was a big thing a lot of people talked about like their reunion and the people who watched the show were like oh my god mind-blowing moment and people who didn't watch the show were like okay you've lost me because i don't care <laughs> yeah exactly. and and i it's not that i didn't care i was just like i was fine with it i just you know didn't mean much to me at the time i was like okay i'm curious to see who this guy is and what he can do and i did like that idea of fighting without the lightsaber that again bringing new ideas uh so that was cool but um yeah and i don't know it was just it was it was good uh i like thrawn I, you know i'm kind of he he has a presence and uh you know i'm kind of i feel like throughout the show you don't really see him do anything super intimidating he actually seems like kind of a nice guy in some ways so i mean i'm kind of intrigued by that but um but yeah he's got a presence and uh yeah lots of cool things to to kind of can't wait to see where it goes basically i also feel like like i said i've known of thrawn since i read the books way back in the day when they first came out so i was i thought like i mean i don't remember them all that well but they were very you know like i definitely have key moments i remember from the series and i feel like it he the performance and what they what filoni did with him measures up to what i would have expected from thrawn so i thought he was awesome like for all his bit parts in the show uh, I thought it was exactly what this next threat of a leader would be from from the Empire. Um, like very calculated. The books had him being very cal. He's just very he's a very strategic, smart guy, 
and uh, which is why he's one of the top, you know, generals or moffs or whatever, uh, a grand admiral. And uh, he he does that throughout the show where it's kind of like there's no real reason for threat wise. He's really the only threat he feels is Ahsoka coming, like the Padawan of of uh, Anakin. But when he says to thinking about go ahead and kill them, it's just tr- kind of like buttoning up loose ends like it's like it's not really a big threat to his giant army but he's just like well I, we, uh, we, you may as well wipe them out and finish it up keep it nice nice and tidy right and that's just how it, his whole character is it's very doesn't leave anything to chance so i thought they did a really good job with ron in in the show and i thought the performance was amazing i thought he looked amazing like the blue skin red eyes shit like they're getting really good at i would assume it's cg correction or maybe just lighting correction or something like that but like how or maybe just makeup is just that good now, but it literally doesn't look like makeup anymore. It literally looks like that's his skin color and they just put like a blue filter on his skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, I know from the, the behind the scenes that it's so good. It literally has orange makeup on like Rosario Dawson has orange makeup on, but I wonder if there is post on the skin as well to make it kind of, you know, it seems to be like look fuzzy or like feel in a weird way, more real because it, it, it doesn't look like makeup painted on yeah. a, on, a, on a skin, you know, this, uh, this episode, um, ends with, uh, Balin skull kind of sensing that there's a, a, a greater power, uh, on this planet and that uh, he kind of wants to find what it is and, and use it. Um, at the same time, uh, the great mother sense that, uh, Ahsoka is coming and, uh, Thrawn demands all the details on her history from Elspeth and prepares his, uh, defenses. So we get this uh, kind of cliffhanger of Ahsoka's going to show up. Thrawn is interested in finding out who this person is. And then we start episode seven back on Coruscant. I think this is the first time we're on Coruscant. And we're, we're in front of the Senate again. We're in front of the council. We got more parliament. This is our favorite part of Star Wars. And uh, Syndulla is facing a, a disciplinary hearing. And uh, uh, Senator uh, Hamato uh, Zono uh, I believe that's how I pronounce his name, but I could be wrong. Uh, uh, he is, he does not like her. He's a very angry person and, uh, um, he doesn't buy anything that, uh, what she's selling, uh, and demands that she be stripped of her, her ranking. And, and then we get the surprise arrival of our favorite golden droid C3PO, uh, sent there on behalf of, uh, uh, Senator Leia Organa, um, saying that uh, they were actually authorized, although this was just a story that was made up after the fact to to protect her. Uh, Sean, you said you weren't happy to see C-3PO. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's not that I wasn't happy to see him. It felt like, you know, a bit of shoehorned in. I, I guess, it, you know, there's there's good reason. Like, it, logically, it makes sense. But, you know, it's just one of those things with, like, all the Star Wars stuff that's happening now. I just want to see them get away from the Skywalker saga. And it's like, this series is cool because they're new characters and they're kind of their own thing. And I like that, but you can't help it. You got to have a few of those familiar faces <laughs> pop in and kind of bugs me, but you know, that's just me. I do understand that Sean, but at the same time, it is still in that bridging gap of the timeline, right? Where like Skywalker is technically training people right now. And like, like Leia is in charge and all that kind of stuff. So it's like it makes sense that they are in this universe still you know what i mean yeah nuno did you uh did you like the c3po cameo 
Yeah. Um, again, um, it was it was a nice little bright spot. And uh, again, I'm not a huge fan of the repetition with how the New Republic are pretty douchey and incompetent. <laughs> it's kind of it's the whole like police chief, like, I'm going to take your badge. You know, it's like it's all that constantly in this series yeah it would be nice if they had like there just doesn't seem like there's a good reason for them to doubt her you know other than just being dicks like i don't yeah so uh, yeah i definitely have uh, permission i think is what they're trying to say like she wasn't allowed to do it and i don't know probably more along the lines of if 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 people if our generals are this uh insubordinate then how are we going to make a republic and all that kind of stuff you know which i guess kind of yeah, makes sense it, it's in the like, government. yeah it, it's like they're always trying to remind her it's no longer a, a rebellion we won the war is over and she's still kind of acting on her own because sure she's a general now but we all it, anyone who knows the character of Hera knows that she's not really much of a conformist and you know Kind of does her own thing. Which is why she was such a kick-ass rebel. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sad to see them like be a bunch of corporate pinheads, right? So Ahsoka arrives uh, um, with the with the space whales to Peridia, and they run into a, a minefield, which was left by Thrawn's forces, and they start getting hit by these mines, and I was freaking out that they were going to kill these these whales. And uh, so, unfortunately... Oh, Greg, about we- that. Sorry. One of the yeah. coolest ideas with Peridia and the Purgles, you just said kill the whales. The fact that they actually migrate there in order to die, it's actually yes. a graveyard. And that and that Peridia has a ring and that's made out of their fossils and remains orbiting the planet was one of the coolest ideas I have ever seen. It actually gave me chills when you zoom in and you and they explain that it's an actual like whale graveyard. That is an amazing idea. Like that's very cool. Oh, I guess that's I'm why cool it makes sense it. that the whales in the in the rebels thing took the 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 Thrawn ship there because they travel back and forth to that thing all the time anyway, right? Like it's yeah. like that's crazy. It's their migration, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm fine with Purgles dying of natural causes. I just did not want to see any get blown up, but fortunately, they they got the hell out of there pretty damn quickly, which left uh, uh, Ahsoka and Huyang. Uh, uh, alone they're attacked by uh, em- uh enemy fighters they hide in this uh, debris field rebels love hiding in debris fields you have like, to bro <laughs> that's that's where you have to hide when yeah. you're being chased by the empire it's it's the way to go and apparently t- radar doesn't work anymore on these amazingly right. futuristic spaceships you can't see them in there <laughs> it's like put if you land i just watched i've started watching attack of clones uh, a bit every time before i go to sleep just because i just felt like restarting that shit and uh, the thing that just happened with Obi-Wan where he does that against the Jango Fett and he just kind of puts his shit, like he does that whole like sticking to the rock and like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's how you fucking radar gone. See ya. <laughs> yeah, the, the, radar, the radar just sees a big a bunch of blobs everywhere. They can't tell what blobs are ships and which are an- true, asteroids, man. right? Yeah, <laughs> they can they can jump in the speed of light, but you can't fucking. No, no, you can't, can't, you can't tell. You can't tell like light speed engines and metal from asteroid debris. Mm-hmm. So Ahsoka once again no, uses her uh, that's right. <laughs> she uses her force powers and locates uh, Sabine uh heads down to the planet surface where uh Ezra and Sabine and the Nodi are being attacked by Shin and and those marauders and Thrawn's night troopers as well and Skull kind of takes off uh, to pursue his own agenda. Uh so Ahsoka showing up, um, 
forces Thrawn to uh, withdraw his remaining night troopers. And this is kind of when he finds out that, uh, you know, she was uh, Anakin's Padawan, which kind of uh, makes him change his uh, strategy uh, and uh, and how uh, he's going to uh, take care of her. Uh, so once they all take off, they leave kind of Shin all by herself. And Ahsoka says, you know, you can come with us. Uh, we can help you. And she says, nope. And heats <laughs> herself out of there and takes off, runs away like a coward with a yellow streak a mile wide. And uh, we get the, a moment with Ahsoka and Ezra and Sabine all joyously kind of reconnect. Um, and that's how uh, episode uh, seven uh, wraps up. And uh, this was the episode where uh, um, Ezra, you know, again, fighting without the lightsaber and using the force and just kind of pushing people around, which, uh, you know, was not only uh, offensively uh, in the battle, but, he, you know, he pushed uh, Sabine out of the way from from getting hit and, and also using it uh, defensively and very cool ways to use the force and having Jedis uh, be able to fight without the use of lightsabers. And I did, uh, I agree with you, uh, Dax. I thought that was super cool. Um, thoughts on episode seven, Sean? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I feel like my, like the end of the series was my least favorite, which is weird, but, uh, but this episode was good. I think it was more episode eight was just like, okay i don't know like it didn't blow me away after everything i had come before it but uh but seven was solid yeah it was good uh nuno yeah i agree you know what um seven was pretty solid i think my and again you know doing different things with every lightsaber duel in this series is just phenomenal um seeing ezra actually use the force to push against shin's lightsaber and you actually see her lightsaber um, beam actually get disrupted and it, it's like it's it's interacting with the force push so it's it's not it's no longer a clean beam it's kind of like refracting is amazing you've never seen that before um kind of like you know one of the coolest things with the jj trilogy is seeing lightsabers on like a, a lightsaber duel i think in rise of skywalker where it's interacting with with rain and water and just the constant like sizzle off of the blades that was cool so in this seeing refraction with force pushes and then ezra having a close call where he just loses some of his hair that's really cool you've never seen lightsabers cut through hair um yeah just there's somebody they need to like yeah. get jedi's haircuts with their lightsabers like, i mean that'd yeah. be like a real easy way to shave your head there, there, <laughs> there, could, there could be a hangout star wars show where they're just all at a barbershop <laughs> you know it could be at the barbershop movies you could get you know queen latifah in there and like they're just like using lightsabers yeah absolutely <laughs> but, um yeah i right. uh, loving all that stuff loving the stuff of shin and i i think i think ezra is this the one where ezra and ahsoka use their use their force powers to lift the ship to start it uh off? yes yes yeah, that's kind of cool too just seeing how powerful they are and how they can like when the ship is stalled until the, until Ho Young can get the uh, engines going, they're keeping yeah. it afloat. That was really cool. Um, So episode eight, uh, this one was directed by uh, uh, Rick Famuyiwa, who uh, directed a lot of the, the Mandalorian episodes. So they were, he was kind of brought in to uh, uh, direct the uh, season or series uh, finale. Uh, so this episode, uh, uh, Elsbeth is gifted uh, uh, this sword by the great mothers. And, you know, uh, Nuno, you mentioned this earlier about uh, how 
Um, Dave Filoni is obviously influenced by like samurai and, and samurai films and mm-hmm. samurai ideology, but this, the sword, uh, um, and, uh, the, the battle that she has with Ahsoka was incredible and it like it just it it did feel like uh like a samurai battle i thought the choreography in this one again like how you mentioned just uh, you know before how um the lightsaber fights are a little bit different from each other uh in the ways that they use the lightsabers and i thought their fight uh in this episode was was spectacular what did you think i agree uh even like um the amazing actor who plays morgan elizabeth um, you can tell with her choreography, she, she does a lot of the, the one handed holds where the hand that's not on the hilt kind of after a strike, she kind of, I, I'm, I'm miming it, which isn't, which isn't good for a podcast, but she kind of does like a thing where the hand that's not on the hilt, cause you're supposed to have two hands, but when she's pauses in between fights, she balances herself with the other hand and a really cool pose. Like she does like these uh, amazing, like hero poses between between uh, rounds of, of 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 dueling, which is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I think the best stuff in this had to do with her crazy green katana blade, and yeah. uh, and her fight. Morgan Els- yeah, Morgan and also Elspeth like was, and, uh... yeah, and yeah, and earlier, um, I found a lot of Ahsoka's fights. She lost a lot of her fights, which was kind of weird because she's supposed to be pretty powerful. <laughs> and then this was the first time where she held her own, and I mean, aside from killing Merrick earlier this was one of her strongest fights outside of the anakin fight too i think uh diana lee Inosanto is the name of the actress that uh plays morgan Ellsworth, and uh she's a stunt woman and uh, a martial artist as oh, well you can, you can tell okay. yeah she's yeah. not faking it she's she's quite good yeah so that was uh mm, that was that's, uh, probably that's, what helped make it so spectacular yeah. oh yeah and yeah she's studying too she has an amazing look it's interesting because like I don't I don't really like this character. I thought the fight was cool, but like up to that point, the character was like nothing to me, like so boring. And like, you know, in a series when you have like so many other cool villains, I mean, she dies. So I guess you needed to have somebody you could kill off. But I just didn't think she was that interesting. For the oh, I, I I love how they leave her for dead, too. Like even even the so the the, uh, the great mothers, as they call the nice sisters in this, they bestow her like, you know, they they make her kind of like a creepy undead ghoul like them and then they're like oh you stay behind <laughs> and they all get on the ship to head to head back to like the proper galaxy and it's like yeah you're staying behind later that was pretty funny mm-hmm. uh dax what did you think about that uh their fight oh i i agree I, I, the fight was awesome i feel like um i agree with what sean says though about her being the not weakest but the character i cared about least as a villain in in this show um not that her performance is bad or whatever like that. I just, you know, I was just like, okay, she's clearly very important to this whole operation, but I just didn't, you know, care. But the, the, the fight was awesome. Um, I actually like that whole, the, that sequence with, uh, when the, the ghoul, the zombie troopers and all that right, shit yes, was, yeah. was fucking cool in the sense that again, it's something that's never been done. Right. And, um, although, this is where I, you have to just suspend your disbelief. I mean, like some of these are getting cut in half with lightsabers and they're standing back up. Right. However, you know, it, whatever, but I loved the, the, that fight with, uh, so it's where you first, it was where you finally see Ahsoka, Ezra and Sabine, 
like yes. literally backed into a corner, like fighting off. And I, my favorite part of that is when she, Ahsoka realizes that Sabine can't handle the lightsaber to like, she, she's concerned. She's like, blasters go to your guns like you yeah get behind us and shoot and like like, like real-time strategy kind of like jedi skill levels you know what i mean and like and the same thing when she in the previous episode when she's like you know uh, ezra come with me because she knows that he can help lift the ship you know what i mean uh so she understand it just it's just a really cool i don't know like just for strategy i guess that we've never really seen before because you haven't really seen a lot of jedis work together other than like in the clone wars and they were all masters but it was neat to see this kind of like, you know, real time evolution in a fight and how they're going to deal with it. Um, and then, of course, the zombies come back to life and that whole turning around moment where what's happening, you know what I mean? And having to fight them again was was really cool. I loved all that stuff, too. That was really cool. And I got a little yeah. a little a little teary eyed at the force push. Uh, I I have a problem. Anything mm. triumphant these days, man, anything <laughs> triumphant, as cheesy as it is, I get all verklempt whenever I see it. So, uh, you need a moment. Yeah, I need a moment. Yeah. So when the whole give me a give me a push and you know, that kind of thing was, was really cool too. And the fact that um one thing we didn't mention, like I think episode three or something like that, is basically when Sabine was training, because I don't know her past from the Rebel show. I assumed that if she had been done any training whatsoever, she must have some force sensitivity, right? Because it's not like you're gonna train just a random person with a lightsaber. So um, but then, then the the robot Hyung or whatever the droid does say your your aptitude for the force is very low and like makes a yeah. joke and, and a jab at her and she's like thanks a lot kind yeah. of thing. He so he says he says you are the worst prospect for a Jedi <laughs> right. I have ever seen in five hundred <laughs> right. years. <laughs> right, right, right. And she's like, oh, that's great. Um, so, but I do like the fact that again, like you know, she has some aptitude, but they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel and it comes down to more just her desire to do it. And so it was like that, that under hero or whatever that term is, the, the, like, you know, she, she, she makes it at the end and unlocks her ability to use the force to some degree to give him a force push and stuff like that was really cool. I liked it. Yeah. That moment feels a bit recycled from the last Jedi, oh, for sure, unfortunately. For sure. Fair, fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, like when, when they were, battling all the 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 undead or the you know the resurrected stormtroopers and uh, um you know ah- ahsoka's uh she's off uh fighting elsbeth and and uh ezra is is taking on a bunch of the 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 troopers and that and and sabine you know she gets picked up by that that undead one and and is getting choked and you know she's reaching for her lightsaber and you know finally triumphantly uh calls it to her like um i think part of me was a little bit disappointed i I think i kind of hoped that she she was just going to be this this jedi that wasn't ever able going to to tap into the forest i thought that Mm might have been a kind of a cool and interesting take on 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 someone who becomes a jedi who actually can't use the forest but uh has the fighting uh, ability to be able to wield the lightsaber and battle with it um but uh yeah you know you you get that that music build up and she finally uh uh pulls the lightsaber and, and kills that uh undead creature and then yeah, does the that big force push and uh, and throws uh, Ezra uh, onto uh, the Chimera, which is the uh, the name of the uh, of Thrones, um Star Destroyer, uh, before it can take off, and then she returns back to to help uh, Ahsoka uh, finish, you know, uh, 
taking out the rest of these uh um uh night troopers and all that that are that have been left behind and then thrawn turns around and, and starts uh fire all the cannons on on the actual uh, uh tower of the of the place where they were to try to kill everybody off uh fortunately uh uh Huyang shows up and they were able to get aboard that ship and 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 take off they're stranded uh on on peridia and they go back to the noti and and again and they're happy to see them and they kind of take up with the, uh, with the, with the mechanic turtles. Um, and then uh, we see Thrawn arrive back in, in, in the galaxy. And, um, you know, I paused it to see that there was only about six or seven minutes left of the episode. And I was like, Oh my God, they're going to leave this, uh, on a, on a cliffhanger, uh, at the end of, uh, the the series. Cause they haven't announced a season two. I'm not sure if they're going to or not. Um, but uh, uh, a ship arrives um, with the rebel fleet, um, and we see that uh, Ezra, because we had seen him take uh, a night trooper armor, and, and uh, but well, we don't see him escape on the ship, but he arrives and meets up with uh, Hera and Chopper and is reunited and says that uh, he's back, and they realize that Thrawn is also back. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the, the final shot is... is Ahsoka kind of staring off into the distance. Sabine thinks that she sees something out there and they just turn and walk away. And then we go back and there's Anakin's force ghost. It's, it's the good Anakin with the, the long hair. And, um, and that's kind of how, uh, uh, the series ends with, and oh, of course we've got the uh, Balin skull is kind of standing on this mountain of, of this giant statue of, of, of some sort of God. And then, and Shin, uh, kind of partners up with the, the Marauders at the end of the, the episode. And so it kind of wraps up, um, a lot of cliffhangers, a lot of different places they can take, uh, the story. Um, I kind of have an idea that, uh, I think Filoni's, thought is that all this stuff is going to get wrapped up in a movie as opposed to more television shows but uh, we'll see what happens with that uh but overall um episode eight um a lot of good stuff uh, i i know that some people online were not you know didn't think the the resurrecting of the of the stormtroopers uh was very cool i don't know if they didn't like that that supernatural aspect of it because we haven't seen anything really like that before um but uh yeah i thought uh, a good episode to uh conclude the the series and um uh dax thoughts on the last episode yeah no like i said i i really liked it i thought that um i will say the my biggest kind of like huh with it was okay so ezra gets to go home Right. So they're they're happy about that. Ezra gets home. Does he really? I mean, in their minds, they saw him on a Star Destroyer. So I with a thousand troops and whatever like that, like the chance of him getting home safe are probably little to none. Right. So they're happy. Ahsoka and and Sabine are happy with the turtles, which I find weird because like, wouldn't they be wanting to go? Like they're just now resigning themselves to they're never leaving this planet. And Sabine is okay with that. She just saw her friend, and now they're on this planet. I guess it's very Jedi-like of them to, you know, of of it shows her moving forward in the training that you know she's able to let go, and you know, like this is their new future. And and Ahsoka's like, it's time to let go and basically just live here forever is is what they're doing. Um, 
so I found that kind of weird, but I mean, obviously I was like, okay, well, it's probably a cliffhanger for the next, you know, we're going to see them get out somehow. Um, Cause now basically Ezra will Ezra and then we'll go back for them somehow. But uh, I think my or, biggest or, or the, or maybe the Nodi are able to build a hyperspace drive. Hmm. Except, except that they're the slowest moving fucking people in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> they're not they, slow. They, they they just ride in those little like yeah. That was little, that was a little those, frustrating those, for me. Those, was watching those, 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 like out the, the pill bug pods yeah, that yeah. move so slowly. I think design wise it was very cool, but for, for me I was just like that would be so frustrating. Like <laughs> traveling across this massive planet in a fucking little toy car, like just taking chilling. days. They're just yeah, no, easy, but, easy uh, riding. But it was funny because I think there was even I laughed because I'm like, that's bad writing. I think there was one moment where like they're like, this is really going to slow us down or something when one of them breaks down or something like that. I think Ezra and and Sabine were talking to each other. I'm like, you're not going that like you're not getting anywhere fast in these fucking cars. They have to tell you (laughs) running. You could be running. Get on one of those dogs and you'll be there faster than you will be with this group of people. Um, But uh, yeah, and I love the four. I mean, the force ghost, you know, smiling at the end, saying everything's okay was awesome. Um, It's very Star Wars and. yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, I'm excited for. I'm assuming they're going to do it too. I thought I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the internet hype about this show was massive. So I can't see them not doing anything with the story moving forward. It's just going to be like time and uh, money and all that kind of shit. Um, I'd like to see a movie, or I'll take more shows. I'll take whatever. But I don't. I feel like Rosario Dawson wants to keep going. I feel like they all do. And it is sad about the. I think um, Nuno can get into this, but. That stat, that Lord of the Rings statue that Balin Skull is standing by, mm-hmm. is actually I started seeing this stuff on YouTube. It's it's there was an episode in either Rebels or Clone Wars or whatever where Anakin and them go to this planet and there's like the three gods of the Force. Oh, like you're that. right. And yes. so the old man is like the Force, and then his daughter's yeah. the good side, and the son's the Sith side, and they have it's a own, very they have mystical. Their, they have their own trinity, like they, like the ancient yeah. one of the lost. Like uh, of the original gods, force, of, of the yeah. original force users. Okay, you're right. Yeah. So, and then oh. apparently that, like, again, they use the art, the actual. If you look at the face of that statue doing the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings thing, is a pretty much direct art rip from the Clone Wars. Yes, show. they all they all had some kind of representation with their hands. The father and the, and the the daughter and whoever else were the three. They all had certain hand gestures and postures. So all after all this, apparently that planet. Hand. The Peridia planet, or whatever the hell it's called, is also the home world of these super force ancient yeah, yeah. Uh, beings or something. The Dathomir so, and and uh, maybe the original force users. So that's cool. So that but that doesn't get talked about. It was just kind of like apparently all the nerds lost their mind when they saw that. It was because you know he was standing by the. the I didn't statue. catch that. I was like, this is very Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, okay, it makes sense now. But now, like you said, if he's you know he the passing and like what do they do do they just like let that sit there or do they recast their you know do they do cg faces on you know like what do they do you know because yeah it definitely seems like they had plans to do more with that character so yeah yeah john all this uh force lore is being uh thrown at you and uh how are you taking all of this in how did you feel the uh episode eight uh wrapped up things for you or didn't wrap up things I mean, it was fine. I think it just, um, I don't know. Like, like I said, I'm not, wasn't a big fan of, uh, the Elsbeth character. I do like the, the witches of Dothmir and, and the resurrection, like the, the zombie stormtroopers or whatever, uh, night troopers. I like, 
it's kind of like I don't have a problem with the supernatural element of it. I think it just doesn't translate as well because they're just like there's nothing that makes them look undead or anything, you know? Like it's just more how they move, I guess. Um, but it was okay. Um and I just, you know, I come back to like the idea of like Ahsoka really feels like she didn't do that much in her own series, which Nuno kind of already talked about. And uh, you know, it just it wrapped up and I'm like I'm not like there's cliffhangers throughout the series that I was like, I got to see what happens next. But the way this wrapped up, I was like, okay, <laughs> like I'm not <laughs> dying to see the next season or whatever comes next. It's fair. Nuno, I'm assuming you have an opposite take to, uh, no, this. you know what? I think it was probably maybe there's amazing stuff in it, but like a lot of finales that we've come across on Disney plus, the finale is sometimes yeah. a bit disappointing or a bit like, again, it's counterintuitive to the story unless he's got a really great, you know, obviously he knows what he wants to do on Pridia with, with everyone who got left behind. But it is kind of strange that Ezra is the only one who makes it back. Kind of like a weird trade-off. You, you, you lose two members to bring one back. Um, again, I'm sure he's got some long-term goal. It's just not very satisfying as a conclusion. You, you kind of want to give, like, you know, we, we, we want Dax to have he, the feels. He wants to get the feels when yeah. <laughs> everyone wins, when it, it's a great triumph. You know, sure, you can you can you can balance that with the fact that Thrawn is back, but at least bring them all back too, right? Again, he must have some plan. It just doesn't feel satisfactory. And a lot of great stuff, like when uh, when Thrawn's waiting for, because again, Greg, you must love this. They have to wait for for the hyperdrive engine to come online, yes. so they're yes. stalling, and then he's like, you know, let it rain fire, and then it's like you just they keep on, they just set this barrage of of blast fire down on them. And then, like, his docking tower just completely gets incinerated. That was amazing. I think that was a really cool visual. Um, and, yeah, Ezra building his lightsaber. I was almost in tears just seeing <laughs> him working with Hu Yang and Hu Yang trying to be really, you know, micromanaging his process. And those two characters interacting was incredible. I loved that opening scene. And I'm they, so glad. They were, they were using parts of uh um his his master's yes lightsaber right yes. Kanan Jarrus yeah, yeah. He, he, it, 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 it was almost like a Harry Potter thing like where you know only Harry and Voldemort have these you know whatever it is the the cores and then it's like he's like oh I've been saving this one the, 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 the twin of this was used by Kanan when he built his first lightsaber that was very cool because Kanan's lightsaber became Ezra's in season in season one um at some point and so um I'm so happy that Ezra used the lightsaber. It was cool using him, seeing him battle using only the force, but even better that he had a lightsaber. I think it, it was blue, right? See, that, that's yes. okay. Yes, yeah, which was. wasn't a big deal, but I mean, it's cool. Just I, I was excited to be like, what color is it going to be? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it didn't matter what color it was going to be. I was going to be happy that Ezra yeah. friggin' had a lightsaber again after all these years. So here's where my super nerd shit starts to kick in because yeah, yeah. I've now become, especially with the game and like I've, I've I've uh, started to really get into like the I've watched some videos on like the lore of what all the colors mean and all that kind of shit. Because originally George Lucas legit goes blue and green are are good guys, red is bad. Like and then the canon just started. Watch the fucking Mace Windu fucked it all up by saying mm -hmm. I want purple. 
And then yeah. they just started to start inventing all these other fucking colors to make it make sense, you know? And, um, and then giving them backstories and all this kind of stuff. And it all has to do with the type of force wheel they're using it is what the color becomes or what they're gravitated to or whatever. Now, the kyber, the crystals, they're called kyber crystals that go in the lightsaber. I don't know if they're colored when you get them or you, you know, it's supposed to be this big Jedi like thing where you get your crystal and it sings to you and you, you make your sword. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, so if, if, but wasn't, um, Kanan's, which became Sabine's lightsaber, was green, right? Um, Sabine's lightsaber green? No, uh, Kanan's got destroyed. Ezra built his own lightsaber. Oh, okay. So um, he built a blue one, gave it to three. Sabine. And yeah. Gave it to, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so then why was, if it was, but he said it was his dad's lightsaber crystal, the twin? His mat, no, it was, uh, it was the, the core. It wasn't the crystal. It was, it was something to do with the actual handle or the hilt. Oh, okay. The hilt. Then. I thought yeah, you were yeah, the, the hilt was, it was the twin of, oh, of okay. his master's. That's fine. Okay. I thought yeah, it was the crystal. Then if it, no, no, I was just saying that would not indicate, <laughs> that wouldn't change the color of the crystal. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking yeah. about it because that's, I'm being a super loser right now. Anyway. Yeah. That's, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> Nuno, uh, overall thoughts on the series and your rating out of five? Okay, I'm going to give it a very enthusiastic four and a half out of five. Not perfect. I think there's, yeah, like like Sean brought up, maybe some performances weren't great. I think I'm kind of getting tired of the Carson Tiva character. <laughs> I, I think he was in it a bit too much and... Who's he, that again? Sorry? Uh, it was, uh, it's the, it's the New Republic um pilot slash ranger from oh, yeah, right. pilot. from from kim's convenience yeah, Canadian yeah, yeah. i mean i get it he's, he's a through point he's a through character right like that kind of links i can understand that he's, he's pretty popular and i think people were really, really excited to see this 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 actor crossover into star wars but i think they're overdoing it just a tad i, I think i think carson is the new wedge antilles he's wedge yeah, yeah. He's basically wedge, yeah. <laughs> yeah look at the size of that thing <laughs> uh sean overall thoughts on the show and your rating out of five hmm, yeah it's a tricky one i kind of i'm right between a three and a half and a four and i think the more we're talking about it i'm like yeah there was a lot of really cool stuff but i do remember as as i was watching it kind of ebbing and flowing my interest you know like there was episodes i was really into it and then there were some episodes where i was like uh, okay i'm just watching this because i got to keep up but uh I, I i'm gonna give it a three and a half uh I, I do like the short run times of a lot of these shows too. Like it, like you guys were talking about rewatching it. And that's the thing is I think a lot of these shows are very rewatchable because they're so short. Um I uh, also really enjoyed the the show. There was uh, uh a lot of uh amazing Star Wars stuff and it's like I, I asked for lightsabers, funny droids, funny animals and uh and battles in space with between the rebel alliance and and the empire and i got a shit ton of that so i'm gonna give it a four and a half uh dax uh i'm gonna go light four and a half i also loved it uh, uh there were parts that were kind of like like sean was saying evan flow like the part where sabine's like you know i can't remember what episode of when she's looking for ezra on the planet and it's all the stuff about the dog and her and all that kind of stuff i'm like okay let's you know like i get it but like let's you know keep going but uh yeah no i mean it's four and a half late four and a half it's it like i really enjoyed it like i said i want to rewatch it very soon so um i just i'm very like i say it every time we talk about star wars i'm grateful for the disney sell the disney buy 
because regardless of it, it's not all going to be perfect, but even the George Lucas stuff wasn't perfect. You know what I mean? Like the prequels are a perfect example of that. I'm just happy to be getting content. You know what I mean? Um, that, you know, some of it's great, some of it's not. And just, uh, I'm just loving the fact that I get to keep watching Star Wars stuff. All right. So let's get into our superlatives and we'll start with our top fives. Um, I'll go first. Um, my number five would be uh, Sabine's Lothacat. Uh, mm-hmm. Number four, the opening story crawl in, a, in the first episode. Um, number three, uh, the the Eye of Scion, the, the Empire hyperspace ring. I, I love the look of that. Uh, number two, the uh, Anakin-Ahsoka uh, duel. And then number one, the uh, uh, the lightsaber duel between Ahsoka and Morgan Elsbeth in the in the finale episode. Uh, Nuno, let's go to you with your top five. All right, number five is each and every lightsaber duel, and the subsequent lightsaber duel just kept getting better and better. Lightsabers are dangerous and crazy in ways that you know a, a lot of the other series and movies don't quite grasp. Uh, number four, Ezra building his lightsaber with Hu Young, and also every single second that Ezra is on screen because he's hardly in this series. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, number three are the villains, all three Sith, especially Balin, um, and the Night Sisters, the Great Mothers, Grand Admiral Thrawn, the amazing introduction of Thrawn, and friggin' Captain Enoch. Like, Captain Enoch gives me chills how awesome he looks. Like, very cool. Uh, number two is the uh the key it's it's still about actually you know what i kind of cheated um i was wasn't supposed to talk about <laughs> captain enoch number number two is the kintsugi gold that's that's the japanese art of of repairing it's supposed to be like a spiritual healing thing where you take something that's broken and you make it beautiful again by infusing gold as like a as like a welding thing um that whole thing of the night troopers having gold and thron's ship having the gold and captain enoch obviously and that the fact that they're somewhat reanimated zombies is amazing number one this caught me by surprise anakin and ahsoka flashbacks everything about the clone wars armor and the hair and hayden christensen really coming out and reclaiming this role and being an amazing anakin was uh was pretty amazing and uh i think it was fantastic does she I call does, does she call him Sky Guy in the series? Thank God, no. Because <laughs> I was going to say, isn't that yeah. he, he calls her Snips, but she doesn't call him Sky Guy? What's no. the deal? I, I think that was probably an annoying thing because she's supposed to be very young when you first meet her. Yeah. But she she progresses throughout Clone Wars. She kind of ages up a little bit towards the end, and all the yeah, drama like, that she, all the drama she's dealt with and stuff like that yeah, walking yeah, away from she, the order is, has basically made her a lot more mature she, she gets exiled at, at the end of the series or even before the end of the series she gets exiled right. from the order like when i first started watching clone wars like i thought she was the most annoying character yeah she is um so and she's um, like half naked in the opening it's really weird she just wears like, uh, she, she, i don't she, remember that she's like it's weird she has like a, the skimpiest outfit in the first few seasons i think there was probably some backlash because they like redesigned her clothes She's she just pretty much has like a sports bra on and then like a skirt. Oh. Um, I'm impressed that you fit 27 things into your top five. That was fantastic. <laughs> this was guy's more. got a baloney filoni. Yeah. For, a baloney for filoni. Um Sean, your top five. Uh number five, Ray Stevenson. Uh number four, Hayden Christensen. 
cameo scenes, a little more than a cameo, I guess. Uh, number three, Witches of Dathomir. Just, I think they're cool. Like Dax, I saw them first in the video game. I'd like to see more with them. Uh, number two, the creatures. Lots of cool, cute, weird creatures. And number one, just fresh new ideas in terms of Jedi lore and the lightsaber fights. Lots of variety and just new stuff that was refreshing. Dax? Um, I, my number five is the super hyperdrive ring. I agree. I like the design of that. I thought it was kind of cool. It stood out as when I was making this list on the treadmill today. Um, that, nice. that was a gift. The, the, I like that hyperdrive ring. It was really cool. Um, <laughs> uh, number four is the first appearance, uh, on TV or animated, I believe of the red, orange lightsabers, um, into the canon as a fallen Jedi blade. Um, so I thought that was very cool and executed well. Uh, number three, I just put overall the design of the show, like the the look, the feel, the uh, the, the backgrounds, the, the the planets, everything. Just the design of everything was just, it just felt, they did, they knocked it out of the park um, and it felt very, very Star wars It wasn't like all Tatooine desert, like a lot of Mando is and stuff like that. Not that that's bad, but... Um, I just, I, I really like the, the look of the show. Uh, number f- two is the final saber combat zombie stuff. So basically eight, the last 20 minutes of eight or 15 minutes of eight. Yep. Um, loved all that stuff too. I, I liked it a lot. I love the, the tactics. Like, like I mentioned about the Ahsoka telling thingy to use your blasters instead. Um, well, just all that kind of stuff was awesome. And number one is obviously the Anakin death realm force ghost sequence. Uh, in episode five, um, or most of episode five, I guess it was. I uh, just loved everything about that. So, yeah, there it is. All right, uh, going on to our favorite secondary character, and we'll start with Sean. So this is a weird one because, you know, technically, I assume everyone other than Ahsoka is a secondary character, <laughs> yet Ahsoka, no. I feel like, is kind of a background character. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to say Sabine, who could probably be the main character of the show but uh i really liked her i just something about her even in the first episode i kind of was pulled in by her her performance and then uh the idea of a jedi that's actually not a great jedi like you know i hope like you were saying greg i kind of hope they keep that angle a bit longer because uh that's that's kind of cool like usually every jedi is just amazing at everything all the time uh, and then, yeah, the mix of the Mandalorian and Jedi fighting is cool too. Uh, Nuno, I I have to go with um, Iman Isfandi as Ezra. Uh, only he was fun. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I actually wrote down accidentally wrote down Ezra Miller for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I was like, wait, I can't eat that. Uh, I, I yeah, uh, I was tired. I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's hardly in it. But um, they they kept he kept until the end. They you know those of us who weren't annoyed by the fact that he's referenced constantly and that there's so much exposition about Thrawn and Ezra from episode one. I mean, it was very satisfying to see how they pulled him off. Um, my favorite sec- secondary character was uh, uh, Hui Yang. Uh, David Tennant did the voice. Uh, I thought it was just a, a very cool character. 
someone that, uh, that had been around for 500 years uh, with all these different uh, Jedis and just, uh, yeah, uh, a new character that I was not uh, uh, too familiar with. And uh, I really enjoyed uh, David Tennant's performance. I saw his name in the credits and I was like, what the hell? I haven't seen this guy at all. And I actually had to look it up to realize that he was the voice. Uh, Dax, what about you? Uh, oh, man. No, I guess I'll take too long to get the actual date. But that's classic Dax. I don't have actual info. Um, for me, it was Thrawn. I have been waiting and I was going to look this up but then ran out of time for, I don't know, 20 plus years to see this character brought oh, out of long, the books. longer than that yeah 25 like, years yeah timothy zahn wrote those novels a long time. yeah yeah so yeah because the movies came out of 20 years ago 25 years ago right like the what was the yeah yeah so yeah so maybe whatever long time ago i'm old as fuck the um yeah thrawn and i thought he was done he was performed really well i thought they nailed it and it was it was awesome i love thrawn uh let's see when was this book written uh had to be like 80s right no yeah i think so nope 91 oh there you go pretty close but uh yeah so uh quite some time ago uh but yeah i do remember reading the first one i don't i don't think i ever finished reading the the series but i do i actually i think i still have it uh down here um and let's go with our our recasting choice and uh, uh let's start with dax now this one is i mean this is tongue-in-cheek because honestly i think they were all perfectly cast i mean visually and even the one i'm picking visually was perfect but i just it's the first thing that popped into my head so this is more of a a, a joke uh, a little sure uh, a joke here but uh shin i would replace with scarlett johansson the older version of uh she literally looks the same they they look pretty much identical um and uh but no i honestly love shin and i also wanted to use this as a point they really went out of their way to cast ugly people in the show like <laughs> all the actors and actresses are literally like how did you get into acting just hideous if you look at, and then it gets even worse when you go on imdb and look at their model shot or their their headshots fucking hideous creatures <laughs> Anyway, wow. um, yeah. So I would replace. <laughs> can you can you please tell me you guys understand you're, the sarcasm? You're being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, thank yeah, you. No, yeah. Like she's, yeah, she's so beautiful. But yeah, yeah they're, they're all beautiful. Shit. They're all yeah. everyone. The men, the women, all of them are beautiful. Oh, yeah. I was and, gonna say Ezra is like so damn good looking. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I would, <laughs> yeah, Shin to uh, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> that's that's okay. It's uh, you can. Uh... Uh, you can you can joke in this one because you know I'm always the one that takes the uh, the recasting one very. You take very this one seriously. real seriously, <laughs> very seriously. You'll, very you'll bring seriously. it back up to podcast level right here. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I, at first i um I was gonna go with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as uh, as Hera, um, just like uh, like I like I like her. I thought she was great in the Fargo TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, she just looked weird with the green makeup and i don't think that was her fault um i i maybe it was the makeup itself but there was something about uh, i think the contact uh, lenses too or whatever like her eyes something about that looked yeah yeah. i I think she looked too much like mary elizabeth winstead as opposed to harrison doula and i couldn't get past that but uh Mm. um I think what, uh, and I know Nuno is going to be very angry with this, uh, <laughs> but uh, I would say I would recast Lars Mikkelsen as Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, 
he reminded me a little bit of uh of like current brett spiner as data like a little bit pudgy <laughs> and uh and he, he didn't look very threatening uh like the voice was great but uh his appearance like he kind of had a pot belly and yeah. maybe you know spending all that time uh, uh on that ship and all he can really do is is eat uh so maybe that's why he, <laughs> he kind of looked that way but i think they needed to have somebody that was a little more menacing a little more uh fearsome because like like sean you said that uh, he kind of came across like a super nice guy and i think they <laughs> yeah. um should have cast i i would say like a, an actor that really uh uh puts a lot of like fear into the viewer when you see them on tv and then of course uh uh, I would pick Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory. I knew that you were going to. You know? Okay, this might be a hot take. All right. You know, I'm glad that I'm going after you. So Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I like her in the Fargo series. And I like really liked her in 10 Cloverfield Lane. And I realized she is great as a lead character. And she's not so great in supporting roles. I've seen her in supporting roles recently, like in the Birds of Prey film. And she's... That that wasn't her fault. That movie was gross. There's something about her. like She is so outstanding when she has a bigger role. And she's not good in the smaller roles. And I found that she seemed awkward as Hera. And then the same token, I realized I really love Rosario Dawson. But she's not really a leading actor she's usually a really strong supporting character. And I think she was weak in this too. So I'm thinking, do a switcheroo. I think Mary, Liz- Mary Elizabeth Winstead could have been Ahsoka. And I think Rosario Dawson could have been Hera. Mm. That's, that's did you, did you almost say Mary Lou Retton? Um, you... Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hot take, but That's my like, hot take. Yeah, I like it. Because Rosario Dawson is like a huge Ahsoka fan. Like she's a big Star yeah. Wars, like she loves the character. Like she she fucking hates you now. She hears this. Well, you know what's weird too? Even you know what's weird? I mean, it's 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 such a cosmetic, you know, unimportant thing. But even even their their heights, I think Hera was short and Ahsoka as an adult is quite tall. Something about their their statures is reversed from just because I love Rebels so much, it's kind of like Okay, last thing too. This is a really nitpicky, but but this is this might be problematic, not for me, but for Lucas and Filoni. All right, I don't know if you remember this. Hera has an episode where she goes back to her homeworld, the Twi'lek homeworld, and when she goes back there, she and her she reverts to like a Haitian kind of accent when she speaks with her father, meaning that she's almost like you know, kind of like how I am blaming Lucas because Lucas did a lot of um yes a lot, a lot of cultural appropriation in the prequels which baloney yes. carried on a little bit so rosario dawson being afro-cuban she is more maybe appropriate for the role of Hera, who could be a stand-in for an afro latina or latin ex person so that's just my little political correct woke statement <laughs> That makes sense. I think I think that Disney overall though is gonna uh, has probably abandoned all of those. You notice how you don't hear any of those voices no. anymore, right? No, you don't it, hear it, it's, it, it's, it's all it's, that. It's not, not not necessary. I mean, yeah, Filoni's big assignment is to is to do a Jar Jar Disney series 
where he makes everyone love Jar Jar. And that's the next step. He's got to reclaim Jar Jar. The retribution of Jar Jar Binks yeah. is is has to be hit on his bucket list. I mean, that's a big that's a big ask. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean, your your recasting choice. Well, mine's pretty obvious. Uh, Diana Lee Innocento <laughs> as El, uh, Morgan Elsbeth. Uh, had to recast her with somebody with a little more personality, but it's somebody that I was actually very much reminded of when I saw the other actor on screen. Uh, Sherry O'Terry is going to <laughs> take the role. <laughs> so. I can see it. Yeah, you, you, you don't get the uh, you don't get the stunt woman and martial art training though, so yeah, you, you lose that. Uh, uh, all right, uh, that was. Uh, that was Ahsoka. Um, thanks for coming on the show and and, and talking about it. Um, Sean, what's uh, next for Film Junk? Uh, I think we're th- we may do a crossover with Game Junk reviewing Gran Turismo. I think that's oh, the, the plan right now. Uh, is that a game that you played a lot? I have never played a Gran Turismo game. Oh, okay. Not. All right. Frank's played a lot of it. Uh, Nuno, what's going on with you? Oh, just uh, keeping busy with some uh, variant covers. And uh, anyone who's interested, um, my online portfolio is at P or nunop.com. And there are links to my socials. And uh, yeah, that's it. Aren't you, didn't you, uh, were we on the show when you were talking about going to the con or no? Are you going to tell people you're going to the con? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, Sean uh, and his brother, the Dwyer brothers, and I are splitting a table at the uh, Garden City second annual Comic-Con here in lovely St. Catharines in November. I think it's November 8th, if I'm not mistaken. It's a one-day event. I uh, will be making my first, you know, Comic-Con appearance. I think Sean's going to look it up. I feel like it was... I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be selling some comics, doing some sketches. Nice. And uh, maybe selling some prints. Nice. Comedy sketches, right? Yeah, comic sketches, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Stand-up comic sketches. That's right. <laughs> November 25th. I was right on the money. Wow. <laughs> November 25th. <laughs> November 8th, people are showing up. I wanted to see Noonop. Where is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's the 8th of November. <laughs> he said it on that cast. Uh, Dax, where can people find you? What's uh, up with you? Uh, not much is up with me. I, I finished my 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 fun. I'm excited to be able to announce it when I can. I won't be on this show, unfortunately, but uh, the Marvel gig I was working on, uh, I wrapped up on that, and uh, I'm now in between gigs. Just picked up a little something. I might be working with Udon again for a little bit, which is a nice kind of throwback to my Bravo Man days and stuff like that. So that would be fun. And uh, just kind of working on my own projects. I'm back to like, I got like things for raid that I got to work on a force folk that I got to work on. So it's kind of doing all that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, trying to keep busy. Excellent. So the next episode will probably be Loki season two. I imagine, uh, Oh, will you guys uh, be joining me for that podcast? Or have you started watching it yet? I haven't. No, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh uh-oh. <laughs> I'm, oh that's right this is where we differ i uh, yeah that's right i feel like i probably will watch it to see it with the to do the show with you guys but like 
I honestly could care. I have no fucks. Like <laughs> the, even at season one, I remember I, th- I was on the show with you guys and I think I had stuff I liked about it, but I just, I don't remember a single thing about it, like a single thing. Um, so clearly it didn't, you know, resonate with me that much that I care that much to watch season two. But uh, so on my own, I probably wouldn't, but if enough lead up time and I, I can probably jump on, is it another eight episode? I think it's only six again. Six? Oh, well, that's even better. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I can do that. Yeah, Um, but they're each hour and a half long. Yeah, the first episode, the first episode was was really good, like really good. Yeah, I was I was super pumped after watching uh, episode one, and uh, 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 Key. um, Oh, what's his name? Key Hui Kwan. Oh, yeah, Key Hui Kwan is uh, is in this uh, series. So, and uh, he's he's great. What um, character is he? Um, well, he's he's new to the Marvel universe, oh, okay, but okay. Uh, he, he, the the boy actor from Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, who was in who won the Oscar, short round, yeah, short, short rounds round. in this yeah. fucking series, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Fuck, I so, loved him in that fucking movie, yeah, and from Goonies as well, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, he won the Oscar for for everything, everywhere, all at once, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't know that, but that's cool. Yeah. So uh yeah, so we'll be back with uh the, that episode, episode twenty-five went for Loki season two. So make sure you check that out and uh follow us on on Twitter, TV Junk Podcast and uh, TV Junk Podcast at gmail.com if you have any other suggestions for future episodes. Thanks for listening. You can watch Mr. Rogers, you can watch Three Company, and you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the Adam family. Say you can watch Barney Miller and you can watch your MTV and you can watch till your eyes fall out of your head. That'll be okay with me. And you can watch 